support a bear hug? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we were building a bonfire, and I, I saw some, like, dry brush and leaves around, so, you know, I, I said to move the bonfire somewhere else, and out of nowhere, Smokey Bear shows up and hugs me. So you noticed some wildfire hazards and moved your bonfire to a safer location. Yeah. Yeah, that's Smokey, all right. He likes it when people help prevent wildfires. It hits him close to home. Not everybody gets the hug, my friend. So that's pretty special to get a hug from Smokey Bear. Ha, so it was him. Guys, I told you it was Smokey. Okay, well, congratulations, my friend. And thanks for calling. There are many ways to prevent a wildfire. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service, Ad Council, and your state forester. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. Waking up every day, lifting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the car to get him to therapy on time, it's no small task between the doctors and the diagnosis, but nothing can disable this love. This is my big brother, my hero. He's part of me, like my arms and legs. So I'll be his. <laughs> See, there's no time for tired. This starts again tomorrow. He'll be waiting for me. I wake up for him. I know he needs me, but I'm the lucky one. Even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Or call 877-333-5885. Caregiving Resource Center. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. someone who's being bullied online send the witness emoji it looks like an eye in a speech bubble and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone you'll let the world know it isn't cool and you'll let your friend know you care learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council it may be hard to believe but people just like you are already saving money feedthepig.org makes it easy their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard so you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.
When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? When a tornado is tearing through town? Or a hurricane strikes? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. And it's not always as simple as using your cell phone. That's why now is the time to take action. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Do current market conditions have you nervous? Our experienced team of financial professionals at Heritage Harbor Financial Associates understands that no two investors are alike. We all have different goals, needs, and appetites for risk. That's why the one-size-fits-all approach does not work, especially when planning for retirement. At Heritage Harbor Financial Associates, we analyze your unique investment style so that you can work toward your individual retirement goals on your terms. Heritage Harbor Financial Associates can help you take steps to reach your retirement goals by providing a wide array of financial products to fit your needs, even for the risk adverse. Give us a call at 631-331-6599 to learn more or to set up an appointment with one of our financial professionals. You can also find us on the web at hhfa.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhfa.org. Our number again is 631-331-6599. That's 631-331-6599. Investments in stock bonds and mutual funds and variable annuities are not FDIC insured and are subject to fluctuation in value market risk, including loss of principal Heritage Harbor Financial Associates, offer securities through AXA Advisors, LLC, New York, New York, member FINRA, SIPC, annuity and insurance products offered through AXA Network, LLC. Be fearless at MMA Long Island and Seituha Karate. Located at 28 Cold Court in Ronkonkoma, MMA Long Island is the martial arts school for you if you want to learn combat-proven techniques. Build confidence, discipline, and self-esteem while learning real martial arts to fight back against bullies, predators, and peer pressure. MMA Long Island offers group and private lessons for all ages and levels in traditional goji-ru karate, MMA, and self-defense. MMA Long Island is one of Long Island's most affordable martial arts schools. There are no promotion, belt, or membership fees, and family discounts are available. All classes are taught by 7th degree black belt Sensei John Benedict with over 30 years teaching experience. So whether you want to get in the ring or protect yourself and your family, MMA Long Island can help you reach your goals. Visit MMALongIsland.com. That's MMALongIsland.com. Or call or text 516-381-9660. That's 516-381-9660. Edward Lehman has been a trusted insurance advisor for over 16 years with insurance solutions for auto, home, commercial, life, and retirement. He's located at 54 Sunnyside Boulevard, Suite H in Plainview. That's just 1,000 feet south of 495. Local agent, local advice. The time to think about insurance is before you need it. So do yourself a favor and before you pay your next insurance bill, give Ed and his team a call. 516-935-3900 or visit him online at www.allstate.com forward slash EL. Edward H. Lehman Insurance is your trusted insurance advisor. 
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times, when we were more active and ate more healthy foods, and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave. But unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check. Change. Control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, everyone. You know, let's all stop what we're doing right now and take a moment. That felt good, huh? Just like that, we had a nice, special sort of moment. Together. Of course, they don't all need to be quiet moments to be special. They could be loud moments, goofy moments, sporty moments dorky moments. Moments where we talk or walk or just hang out. It doesn't really matter. They all count. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. (laughs) Sounds like somebody agrees. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Oh. In the field, number 70! We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one, happy two. Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mind. Hello, Long Island, New York, and around the country. This is Below the Mic. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, and my co-host, the great and powerful world of whoever. That's what we call him. And we also call him Mr. Tidy Whitey Man, or Soupy t- Super Tidy Whitey Man, Mr. Speedy Petey. Remember? I hope it's not Soupy. <laughs> well, it could be Snoopy, or it could be, it could be Snoopy. Snoopy. It could be something no, I don't else. No, I don't think I'm as epic as Snoopy. I, I, I like Snoopy. I like the Snoopy little Speedy Petey. Anyways, uh, you can call us at 631-500-0548 is the number to call. Am I right, Speedy? That would be right. And you can also go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and download our app, ladies and gentlemen, by going to iOS, which is WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey, we're going to have more snow here in Long Island and throughout the tri-state area. How do you feel? Uh, probably I will feel cold. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I don't, listen, I, there's a lot of things going on right now with our network. I do not like the fact that snow is coming. It's really washing away, uh, a lot of things that I have planned, especially, uh, with some of the meetings that I have set up for the network and it's affecting me. So I do not like the snow right now with all these different, uh, snowstorms that we've had the last couple of weeks. I thought you liked the cold weather. (laughs) I do. I just, here's the thing. And I think people forget this. The snow stops you from doing a lot of things that you want to do. You you can't drive anywhere. You can't go anywhere. I love it. It's beautiful. I can't really snow shovel because of my neck. So obviously I'm in that uh, barrel of uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, (laughs) It's just not good. And I, I like to do things, and I have other things going on for our network, and it's holding me back, Speedy. So I am not very excited about it. But nevertheless, uh, we're getting the snowstorm, even if I like it or not. So there you go. Anyways, uh, we have a great show lined up for you. We have a great guest lined yep. up for you at 7.15. The triumphant return. Of Mr. Devin Speedy. Devin Kirkwood, the number one cornerback recruit in the country, the number 13 overall athlete recruit in the country. And as we mentioned about a couple months ago, staying with UCLA after we thought he was going to recommit. Well, that's because he he tried to pull a trick on us. Yeah. He tried mm-hmm. to pull a trick on us. We, we see that a lot with a lot of these uh, these recruits Mr. Now. Gummy Bear mm-hmm. Man, he, you know, it's not Skittles anymore. We don't have Marshawn Lynch. We have the Gummy Bear Man. That's what we've named him. Uh, he loves his gummy bears. And we're going to finally get him on a video feed. And mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to having him on. I think he's going to really have a lot of fun with us. Guys, this guy has a tremendous personality. Oh, he does. He seemed very excited when, when I was talking to him earlier. Really, really excited. Uh, you guys are going to love his personality. We love his personality. He's one of my faves, and uh, I'm a huge fan of his, and uh, uh, he's been following us all over social media, and, and, and thank God uh, as he grows as a UCLA corner uh, with Chip Kelly and that defense, 
Um, I'm looking forward to watching this kid really prevail and become a superstar player on the college game and then in the NFL. So I'm looking forward to getting him on the show. Anyways, uh, as you guys know, we do this every single Wednesday for Below the Mic, Speedy. Sports and entertainment news. It is, Speedy. Steelers GM declines to commit to Ben Roethlisberger amid rumors about future. Well, why would he commit to a guy that's 38 years old and really fell apart in the second half of the season? So, moving forward, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger, ben Roethlisberger is going to be back next year, Speedy. Well, he's been hinting at retirement for a while, so it wouldn't surprise me, but I feel like it would have happened already, so I don't know. <laughs> Miami Heat interested in trading for Rudy Gay. What do you like about that? Depth. I mean, that's a good, it's a good defensive player he, that Rudy Gay has grown into the two-way last couple player. of years. He's a two-way player. Yeah, yeah. He's grown into that, especially last year with the Spurs. He actually was a, a pleasant surprise for them. And I think in a, a system like Spolstra's, he'll definitely be a beneficial player off the bench. NFL more news. Steelers unlikely to use the franchise tag. Wow. They're not going to use the franchise tag this year? I'm not, I'm not surprised considering who's really worth a franchise tag on that team. You're going to pay Juju as a top five receiver. You're going to pay James Conner as a top five running back. I don't think so. And Ben Roethlisberger right now, his tag would be worth about yeah, $41 right. million. Exactly. So I don't think there's anyone really worth it. They already locked up TJ uh, Watt uh, at the beginning of the season. He probably would have been the guy to get it. There's nobody in that secondary worth it. So, yeah. The Carolina Panthers should be seen as more than a dark horse candidate for Deshaun Watson. Wow. Mm. Well, Carolina is a team that is looking for a quarterback. Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not the future of that organization. I do believe they're going to be drafting a quarterback where they're drafting in the top five. But it's it's going to be an interesting offseason of where Deshaun Watson goes, if he goes anywhere. The Texans have come out and said, Speedy, that he's going nowhere. Well, the Panthers are interesting if they do well in free agency regarding fixing their defense. If they can get some pass rush help, they definitely need secondary help for sure. Even though Dante Jackson did have a nice year last year as a young corner, they need a lot more because they're losing a lot, and they just cut Kawan short as well, who was a big part of that defensive team for a long time. So if they could do well with that, maybe they have leverage. Otherwise, they need to spend those draft picks on defense. I don't like that you shaved and you shaved like that. But anyways, Alex Smith. <laughs> As someone who complained about my beard for well, like three weeks. But okay. <laughs> I told you to clean it up. You look better with a beard, but clean it up. Alex Smith feels he has a lot of room for growth on the field for 2020 comeback. What do you think about that? Uh, let, I mean, let's hope so. His story was already inspiring as it is. I'd love to see it grow more. Mmm. How about this? Steelers unsure if they can afford to bring back Bud Dupree. I, I don't think they're going to. That's going to be tough if they if they can't bring him back. Because you saw in the second half of the season when he was hurt. Not that he's an elite pass JJ rusher, Watts. but he's still an impact pass rusher. But J.J. Watt's more of an interior type you pass can get rusher him on a 3-4 defense. I think the Steelers need more of that speed rusher type if they can't get him. And when T.J. Watt was being double teamed a lot in the second half of the season, you could see the difference on that defense because, as I mentioned before, their secondary is not very good outside of Minka. Rob Nikovich explains how Bill Belichick cleverly used Tom Brady in con contract negotiations. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Right. I'm not. We've said that all, all the time. He, he deliberately has taken pay cuts. Nope. NBA rumors and news. How will Danny Ainge fix the Boston Celtics' unacceptable performance? Performance. Well, very simple. Find a big man, which they've been looking for for the last five years. Andre Drummond is a big name. Give up a first-round draft pick. You get your big man that you've needed for years. 
and then you can compete in the Eastern Conference. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. They also need some more depth scoring, which we thought was a big strength for them, but they have had trouble with this year, too. Mm. Uh, many NBA players hesitant to promote uh, coronavirus vaccine. Why is that, Speedy? I, I promote it as maybe maybe they want to get other people. Yeah, maybe other people get it first. Maybe it would be my guess over, uh, over the players. It's I don't know. It's dangerous. I, I think you don't know what to expect with the vaccine, so, of course, you're going to be afraid to take it. Uh, the Zion Williamson takeover is here. Zion Williamson is playing great basketball right now. He's one of the best young players, young best young stars in the NBA. Everybody that said that Sky wasn't going to succeed in the NBA, that's what I'm going to say about that. I told everybody, including Matty Caps, that was the main that, guy, <laughs> that this guy was going to be a superstar in a league, and you're seeing it right in front of our eyes. The guy's averaging 25 points a game in his second year of the NBA. He's fantastic. Vinny Rubo continues to salivate over him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julius Randle has become the player he was always meant to be. I agree. I really do. He's really become a superstar with the with the New York Knicks. Maybe it was, maybe it's Payne, uh, the Kentucky coach, but he's been fantastic for the New York Knicks. Do the Knicks re-sign him in two years? I think they have him for one more year. Yep. Do they extend him? I think they have to right now. How could you how could you take away a superstar player that's averaging about twenty five points a game, averaging almost ten rebounds a game, and giving you six assists a game? He's one of the best players right now in the NBA. You yeah. can't get rid of him. Yeah, finally showing his number seven overall pick draft stock. I was never really high on him in the draft, but he's finally playing like what he was supposed to. This is easily the best year of his career. MLB rumors: five free agent starters Mets could still target. Hmm, I, there's a lot of them. There really is. Yeah, I don't know why the Mets need to look for another starter. I, I really don't. A depth maybe as a cautionary thing with injury because we, Syndergaard's just coming back, so and we, he's been notoriously injury prone. Carrasco's had in and, uh, as he's gotten older, he's been in and out with injury issues too, and obviously he had to leave because he had leukemia too. So we don't know what to expect with them. And again, could you just get to your point? Could you stop driving it? And again, Nolan, the, I'm, I'm done with you. Okay, again. Nolan Arenado, unlikely. To use his opt-out, I plan to be a Cardinal for life. Well, I, I do believe he's not going to opt out of the contract. It's a very good contract. He's not going to get any more than what he got. I I'll tell you this right. from any team, especially the way COVID-19 has affected the, the, the free agent market. So he will stay uh, Cardinal. Uh, Jake Arrieta deal with the Cubs, including a mutual option for 2022. Speedy. <laughs> They're not going to pitch well in 2022, so I don't know how much that'll work. NHL rumors and news. Still no talks between Oilers for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. What do you think? Well, he's underwhelmed in most of his career so far, considering what he's supposed to be. He's a good player. He's a decent player. I'm not going to say he's not, but for what he was supposed to be, he has kind of underwhelmed. But he is a good face-off guy. Now, the question is, could they trade him for some defensive help or goaltending help? Because that's what they really need. Taylor Hall. Slow start with Sabres. Uh, it's been a struggle for him. Well, I will say this. $8 million deal, one-year $8 million deal was a lot of money. I really thought that Taylor Hall should have waited a little while. He could have went to the Islanders. He probably would have gotten less, but he would have went to a better team. The Islanders are playing fantastic hockey right now, and they're right now uh, the, the team to beat right now in that division. Yeah, they were, went from all of a sudden, I think they were, what, sixth over the weekend last. in the division? They were and last. I, I, think, I don't know if they were last, but they were, they were last. They were last at some points during the season. I'm talking about, like, last weekend they were sixth, and now they're second. <laughs> well, they won four games in a row, and they're only two points behind the leader right now, yeah. the Boston uh, Bruins. Yep. So it's huge right now with the way the Islanders are playing. Defense wins championships. 
That's something that the Rangers need to figure out, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially now with uh, Jacob Trubug is going to be out uh, four to six weeks, too, with a broken oh, finger. Oh, they're screwed now. Um, and final thing, Devils place, uh, I'm sorry, Eric Comrie and defenseman Connor Carrick on waivers. What do you think? Well, Carrick really didn't play much for them uh, after they got traded. I think he was part of the Subban trade. Comrie's a good player. Yeah, um, Comrie's a good player. Uh, it's interesting that they would uh, they would put him on waivers, but I guess Blackwood's played well enough where they could trust him. The thing is, Blackwood's also had a lot of injury issues so yep. far this season, too. So that's why he's been in and out. And when the Devils were really struggling is when Blackwood was out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is sports and entertainment news. Welcome to everybody. Welcome to the world. Oh, CJ DeSimone. What's going on, buddy? Yeah. Yes. All right. So I, I really wanted to get into this. And I I know I, I asked Speedy to get me videos before the show. He couldn't put it together. But I really wanted to get into uh, this quarterback um this quarterback draft that everybody talks about, they're saying that next year's draft is not a quarterback draft and that if you're looking to get a quarterback in this year's draft, you have to make a move uh, either before the draft or bef uh, you know during the draft to get maybe a Trey Lance, uh, Zach Wilson, or obviously a Justin Fields. Everybody knows that Trevor Lawrence is going number one. So I really wanted to get into this back and forth banter on what should the Jets do moving forward um, with their quarterback distribution? And dist uh, not distribution, I'm sorry. Dilemma. Display. No, dilemma, display, whatever. I, I look at Sam Darnold right now, and I know a lot of people are upset, and, and they don't know what to do with Sam Darnold. And you're bringing in a new coach in Robert Sala. You're bringing a new offensive coordinator in, uh, in Mike LaFleur. And everybody talks about the way he descri – everybody describes Mike, Mike LaFleur as the next up-and-coming offensive big-time superstar. That's what everybody says about him. He's the next big offensive coordinator that is going to be uh, a coach in the NFL in the very near future. But this guy's never been an offensive coordinator. He was a wide receiver coach for Kyle Shanahan. Everybody's talking about him. Now – he is taking over for the New York Jets. And I'm looking at Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has never had a good offensive coordinator. A matter of fact, his first year as an offensive coordinator for Todd Bowles, you know who he had? He had a rookie offensive coordinator in Bates, okay? Does any, did anybody think that Bates was going to be a good offensive coordinator in the NFL? Sent Sam Darnold to the Bates Motel. Well, Bates was there for really one and a, 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 one and a half years. A half a year, whatever whatever you want to call it, Bates didn't work out, okay? Then Todd Bowles got fired. Then you bring in Adam Gates. <laughs> and, uh, Gase, I'm sorry. And Adam Gase, uh, cuckoo eyes, whatever you want to call him, whoever what you want to call him, uh, he brought in his offensive mind, even though everybody knew he was going to be the offensive coordinator. And then he brings his defensive-minded coach, who uh, Greg Williams, well, he didn't really bring him in. The Jets brought him in. And McCagnan brought him in, and it just didn't work out over there. But going back into this, you look at Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has really never gotten the right treatment as a, as a quarterback here in New York. They've never put the right players around him. They've never. They've never put the right wide receivers around him. Denzel Mims missed almost six games this year, five games this year, uh, having his hamstring problems on both his legs. And then Jamison Crowder, even though he played sensational in the beginning of the season, he was fighting injury er, uh, later in the season. And 
uh, Herndon really didn't step up or wake up until the end of the season, the last four games of the season. Maybe he was getting into another car accident, or maybe he was drinking. Who knows what he was doing? And they couldn't run the ball. They had a 38-year-old running back in Frank Gore when they drafted LaMichael Piron. You look at the Jets right now, and, and honestly, why would you give up on a quarterback that has a lot left? He's 23 years old. He's still amongst the league's youngest starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Starting in the season, he was the third youngest quarterback in the NFL. He was younger than quarterbacks that were drafted last year. You, 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 you argue your points on what should the Jets do? Should they dra- draft and go after a Zach Wilson? Should they go after uh, a Justin Fields? Should they trade down and then um, add more draft picks to their total of six uh, first four-round draft picks? I don't know what the Jets are planning to do. I don't know what uh, a guy like Joe Douglas is thinking about doing. But And I know Carl saying, Jesus, Sam Donald talking, because it's a big story here in New York. It is a huge story right now. Because... Right now, when you're looking at the New York Jets and where should the Jets go at the quarterback position, should they give up? Should they give up that second pick and draft a quarterback like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or even Trey Lance? Or should they draft an offensive lineman? Should they trade down and get a wide receiver at number six or seven? I, I, and, and, and this is a story right now, and you can say, but every show, it is an important subject right now in here in New York. Because right now, you're talking about where are they going to trade him? What are they going to do with Sam Darnold? And it's all over the newspapers, and people want to hear this, Carl. So if you don't want to listen, pop it off. Sam Darnold right now is a quarterback that has, been, has had so many disadvantages as a quarterback in the NFL. Mitchell Trubinsky has had a lot of disadvantages with the Chicago Bears. Okay? They never built around the offensive line when they brought Mitch in. They had Allen Robinson. They made the trade. They brought Allen Robinson in, or they signed him from Jacksonville. Okay? And he's a great wide receiver. What else have they put around Mitchell Trubinsky where he has been successful? Nothing. Now they're talking about, Chicago is talking about moving away from him and bringing in a Carson Wentz, another guy that's underachieved since he's come in the NFL. And badly overpaid. (laughs) My argument here, and reason why I'm bringing up Sam Darnold is, Sam Darnold, even when you look at Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky had a top five wide receiver this year. A top five wide receiver. Tell me when Sam Darnold had a top 10 wide receiver on his team. How about this? Tell me when Sam Donald had a top 15 wide receiver on his team. The answer is never. Never. And that's why I'm bringing this up again. As a Jet fan and as a person that sticks up for Sam Donald, I don't know what to do with him. I don't. But when you look at Zach Wilson and you look at Justin Fields, this is why I wanted to bring up this subject, because the Jets are going to be drafting at number two. Should they trade out of the pick? Should they trade with the Carolina Panthers and try if Carolina wants a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, because Justin Fields can run a 4-3 or a 4-4. Uh, he's one of the fastest quarterbacks we've seen come out since Lamar Jackson. He's a lot bigger, he's a lot stronger, and he's a lot more accurate yeah. than a Lamar Jackson. Should the Jets trade out of that pick 
to land a wide receiver at number five and and add on to that uh, that draft stock that and they have. Panthers are number eight. I'm sorry, number eight. Or or what they could do is they could draft at number two, draft the offensive lineman that they want, or draft. Uh, Draft a, a pass rusher, even though there's not a lot of pass rushers yeah. in this year's draft. Maybe they, they, the best thing the Jets should do is they got to decide: do you want the offensive lineman or do you want the quarterback? Yeah, this draft is not really for the pass rush. I think the pass rush is something they're going to have to focus on in free agency if that's the best case scenario for them. They hit, they have other needs with receivers, with corners that are much more plentiful in this year's draft. And like you said, offensive lineman. I. You have to have the right offer in order to trade back. You can't just trade back just to trade back and get a couple more picks. you got to hope that the 49ers or the Panthers or somebody really wants Fields or really wants Wilson will give you that great, great package in order for you to trade back because there is a lot of depth where they could build. I think if they were to draft a pass rusher, it would probably be in the second round more than anything else. Um, I'm o- I've always been in the boat of just take Fields because I think take, taking Fields because – I think he's just that good, and I think he will be that good. I think he could be as good as Deshaun Watson, if not even maybe even better. Who knows? He's really that talented. So it depends on what they get with with free agency first, though. If they could solve the pass rush issues of free agency and maybe get another big name receiver, I would say either draft the quarterback or try to trade back. But I would most likely trade back only if you get the big offer. Now you look at this season, and I know it was a short season, and you're looking at how many games these teams played and how many. Uh, how many uh, how many games that both these quarterbacks played? And I'm I'm comparing and contrasting uh, Zach Wilson's season to Justin Fields. Now Justin Fields played six games this year, six games, and then he had the playoff run all the way to the national title. He had 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns to six interceptions. Zach Wilson, who plays in a much easier division. Played, I think, 11 or 12 games this yeah. year. Yeah, and again, the thing with Zach Wilson, though, is remember, he, they didn't know who they were playing a lot of the time. They had to travel a lot of different places, so that's a, that's a lot of credit to him for him playing well in those circumstances, too. Zach Wilson had 3,692 yards, 33 touchdowns, and three interceptions, which he was third in all of, the, in all of college football with 33 touchdowns. Now, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of Jet fans, and a lot of people think that when you look at the big picture, Zach Wilson fits this Kyle Shanahan offense. And if if San Francisco was even higher than twelve, Zach Wilson is as good as a New York, uh, as good as a San Francisco 49er. Now, when you look at number twelve and San Francisco drafting at number twelve, do the Jets trade with the San Francisco 49ers and give them the number two pick? They get the twelfth pick. And they stock up, they get a second-round pick this year, and they get next year's first-round pick from San Francisco. Would you do that, Speed? It has to be a really aggressive trade because you're trading very far back where it's going to be hard to get that top-notch guy. I think both receivers are going to be gone at that point, both Smith and Chase at that point. You might be able to land a, a good corner with that with that pick. Like I said, I like J.C. Horn, Caleb Farley, who dropped out of the season from Virginia's, uh, Virginia Tech is nice. There's a lot of, maybe that's where they go. Wide receiver. Why not go for their wide receiver? that they want at number 12. They still have the 23rd pick. They could still get their running back. They build around Sam Darnold. That's that, that's the way that's the way I look at it. And then you stock up. Then next year you have three first round draft picks where you can decide and contra- contrast if you want if there is a, a quarterback that becomes available, a Deshaun Watson that becomes available uh, before the season starts, you make the trade. You give up 
two of those three first-round draft picks next year and, and and two second rounds and two defensive players and get Deshaun Watson. See, the only way I think they'll – if they do do that trade, they only take the only way I think they would take a receiver at 12 is if it's a number two, like a good number two type prospect receiver if they get an Allen Robinson in free agency. But again, that's – Eric Waddle. I mean, he's going to be oh, Jalen Waddle. I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen Waddle, who's going to be sitting there right now. Uh, you, maybe Pitts is sitting there uh, at number 12. He might fall out of the top 10. So you could get the tight end, a slash wide receiver that you've been, you know, really, uh, really wanting. And they're talking about him being the next uh, uh, George Kittle. I could see that too, because he is very fast and he could line up pretty much anywhere. The thing is with Pitts, he also had some injury concerns, though, too. So I don't know. If- it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is if the Jets are not sure if Sam if they're sure that they can fix Sam Darnold, okay? As of right now, and Deshaun Watson doesn't become available. The Texans say, we're not trading him. We're not moving on from him. We're going to hold on to him, and we're going to see what happens uh, when uh, the, um, I'm sorry, uh, training OTAs, camp. OTAs yeah. open up for him. And if, if he doesn't show up, then they know he's not going to play this year, and then they're going to have to decide what they're going to do with him. Are they going to move on from him? And if they do... Then the Jets look at it this bit, this way. You still have your quarterback right now. You still have Sam Donald that you can build your team around. You stock up. You get the number 12 pick. You still have the 23rd. You can get San Francisco's second round, maybe their fourth round this year, and they get their first round next year. I, I think moving up from 12 to 2 over there, that should be enough to make that move. They get Zach Wilson. They get the wide receiver, a tight end that could fit their, their their position moving forward. They don't have to bring in a free agent wide receiver. They're saving money, Speedy. That's what I'm saying. And then they stock up. Then they if if Watson becomes available before the season starts, well, then you decide what you want to do with Sam. Maybe you make Sam your, your backup quarterback for this year, and then you can move on from him in, at the end of the season. You bring in Deshaun Watson. You give up uh, two of the first round draft picks next year, and and then stock up. And you you you've stocked up. You you've added all these draft stock, draft players. You have. Then you have this year, you would have two second-round draft picks, two third-round draft picks, two four, three fourth-round draft picks, and one fifth. I would try to trade for more than one, uh, more than two first-round picks if I were trying to go that far back with the 49ers. I think I would try to push for You are getting two first-round draft picks. You're getting their 12th, and you're getting their, their first-round draft pick next year. I would try to push for three. And if you're you're crazy. Go that far back, yeah. you can't, you're crazy. It's the number two pick. It is very valuable, especially in this kind of year with Fields and with Wilson being as highly profiled as they are. And I and, and I'm listening to what CJ's saying. Sam will not be here point blank this uh, next year. That's not what I'm hearing, bud. That's not what I'm hearing. The Jets still like Sam Darnold. Joe Douglas still likes Sam Darnold. And Sam has never had the right players, the right coaches around him. And and a lot of people are saying that he's not going to be here. He's not going to be here. How do you know he's not going to be here? Do are you are you a part of the organization? Do you know what Joe Douglas is thinking right now? Because nobody knows. I don't even think Robert Sala knows if Sam Donald's going to be the quarterback of the future for the New York Jets because he even said it. Sam is going to get all the opportunities to succeed if he's here or if he's not. So I don't even think Robert Sala knows that Sam Donald's going to be here. Carl says, trade Donald for Jimmy G and a first-round pick. Would you want to take on that contract? No. No. Sam Donald for Jimmy G and a first-round pick? No. Jimmy G, I don't know what Sam Donald is yet. But I can honestly believe that I think Sam Donald is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy. That's the problem with Jimmy G. 
And Sam Donald hasn't had the right players around him to succeed. He hasn't had a running game. Let's be honest. Who's who's run for him in the last couple of years? Oh, I'm sorry. He had Frank Gore, the 38-year-old old man. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. He's an old man. He has had, has had no explosive players. Jamison Crowder's a great slot receiver. That's the only explosive players he ha- he's had for the last three seasons. So where? How could it? And by the way, CJ says, then commit to him and stop uh, the, the speculations. There's always going to be speculations about the draft. There's always going to be speculations because Deshaun Watson's name is still out there. Russell Wilson's name is still out there. Not to mention, you have a number two pick. That is a powerful pick for a quarterback class that's supposed to be phenomenal. It starts with the Jets pick because everybody right. knows Trevor Lawrence is going one. Right. So the Jets are really – the Jets can daggle that pick around and get whoever they want. And they gonna, really could. And they're going to be as patient as they can with it because they know it's that highly touted. And we don't know what these other teams are going to have in terms of quarterback situations. We only talked about the Panthers and the 49ers. Who We've also heard the Broncos. We've heard Atlanta mixed in because Fields is from Georgia. Maybe they go up and get him. There's a lot of other teams that could be very sneaky. Maybe, maybe Detroit does it even though they just traded for Goff. Maybe if they love Fields that much and then they try to move Goff for another pick. The reason why it brought – this up, and I and this is why I'm I'm saying this. The Jets are holding the number two pick. Okay, if you think you can hold on to Sam Donald, you can move out of that pick and trade. San Francisco would do anything for Zach Wilson. They will do anything because Zach Wilson could be the reason why they can win a Super Bowl next year. Because Zach Wilson fits like a glove. They're ready to win now. They have a great defense. They have Nick Bosa coming back, a highly touted uh, off uh, defense. And they have a good offensive line. They have a great running game. Okay? And they have one of the most electrifying uh, tight ends in football. Okay? That can catch anything. Zach Wilson can make every single throw in that offense, move inside and out of the pocket. He fits like a glove for Kyle Shanahan. If Kyle Shanahan is willing to give up their 12th pick, their second pick this year, and their fourth pick this year, and next year's first round pick, I would make that move. I would make that move because then the Jets have an overstock of first round picks next year, three of them to be exact, where if anybody becomes available in free agency, I mean not in free agency, in, uh, in next year's offseason, like a Russell Wilson, he can't stand Seattle, he wants out. Okay, he wants out or Deshaun Watson definitely wants out if he stays there for one more year. Or maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't show up to OTAs this year. And you know what? They got to move on from him. So you know what the Jets have? The Jets have three first round picks to daggle around to get what they want. They can land Deshaun Watson. They still have an overstock of players that they drafted this year and next year. I mean, the Jets are set up very, very well. Yeah, the Jets easily have the most power, no matter what, in terms of the deciding factors of the draft and deciding factors of these young players. Uh, The question is, again, who's going to make the most aggressive trade because that's still going to be what's going to come first. And the 49ers are are good to look at because we've seen John Lynch be very aggressive with both trades and big contracts, sometimes to a point where he becomes reckless and doesn't make the right decisions all the time. But I think that's the team to definitely look at if they can make the aggressive trade. Again, you still have to be weary of... uh, you're not getting a top 10 pick if you do that, unless you want to try to trade up later in the draft, too. And that's another thing that could be interesting, too. Maybe a three-way trade possibility as well. I just think right now with the Jets and where they are and where they're positioned, if they think any possible way that they can save Sam Donald and can keep moving up, moving on with Sam Donald for just this season, because remember, they have to extend that fifth year to Sam Donald at the end of this year. Or they could do this. They can extend uh, the fifth year next year and then trade him. 
and then get a second or a third round pick. Or maybe get, if he has a good season, or he starts the season, if Deshaun Watson becomes available, you still make the trade for Deshaun Watson. You keep Sam Darnold on this roster, and then you move on. He's had a good season, a good half a season. You put him on the bench, and then you trade him next year when in the open market. Yeah, that's definitely an idea if they don't have to move him in the trade because everything we've heard is that Sam Darnold wants or Sam Darnold's been rumored to be in the trade for Deshaun Watson. But yeah, if, if that does ends up happening and maybe the Jets are and Carl Jets, saying yeah. by the way, Carl saying Watson is not going to the Jets. That's not what the big uh, one of their big time beat writers have said in in Houston. Houston, oh, I forget the beat writer and Speedy. You can look it up for me. It was on a New York, uh, one of our New York stations. Uh, I think it was G- Greg Giannotti that said that if Deshaun Watson gets traded, the only team he can really ch- decide to think that has enough to get Deshaun Watson is the New York Jets. So to say that the, the, that there's no way Deshaun Watson is going to the Jets. Deshaun Watson wants out from the Texans, okay? He wants out. So if it gets him out of Houston, he'll go to the Jets. He absolutely will because the Jets are right now, they they have an overstock of money. They have an overstock of draft picks. They could do anything. They can daggle that second pick and do whatever they want with it, John, anything they want with it. John McLean is his name. John McLean came out and said that if, if Deshaun Watson gets traded, the only team that's going to get him is the New York Jets. That's what he said. So John McClain, who's one of the most known beat writers in Houston, stating that the Jets have the best chance of getting him, why wouldn't he go to the Jets? Now, CJ says uh, earlier, Watson is either going to the Jets or he's sitting out. Book it. Uh, he's only going to sit out, I think, if he stays with the Texans. If he goes anywhere, he'll just play. I, I don't know where he's going. I have no idea where Deshaun Watson wants to go. But remember, he has that no-trade clause. Right. So I he's gotta he's gotta agree to it. <laughs> right. If he doesn't agree to it, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's why I, I don't know if Deshaun Watson is being that stingy, but yeah, I I think he's not gonna sit out if he goes if he gets traded somewhere else instantly. He's just gonna sit out against the Texans because that's the ownership he's annoyed at. And by the way, Carl, I didn't say that I know him. I, I'm saying that he's the most known beat writer in Houston. I don't live in Houston, so he's making a joke. Well, if he's so known, why did you remember his name? I don't know him, okay? I, I'm just telling you what they said. By the way, Brian Quattrini, let's go Islanders. Absolutely. Hey, Absolutely. Brian, Brian, Brian Q, man. I haven't seen him in a while, man. Yeah. I love him. Mm-hmm. I love him. Yes, the Islanders are playing great hockey right now. We'll get into the Islanders in a little while. But uh, I, back, to, uh, back to the New York Jets and what the Jets should do. I'm telling you right now, if I was the Jets and I was running this organization – I will daggle that second pick with anybody. I would do anything. If you are not sure that Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance is your future quarterback and you still think that you can use – he can, Sam Darnold could be more than decent this year and, and he could be better than he, we've ever seen Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback for the Jets with the players that you could put around him. Then you keep Sam Darnold – even though next year's draft class is not as good as this year's draft class for uh, quarterbacks, there are going to be quarterbacks that are going to be available in free agency or wanting to be traded next year. Deshaun Watson is not going to want to be with the Houston Texans. Yeah. He's not. He wants out. He's not staying there for another four years. He's not. So next year it'll be coming out that he wants to be traded again. 
And who says this is a, not a, a problem that's going to uh, carry over to another quarterback? I mean, the Texans' former players, a lot of them, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster, um, Demeco Ryans, guys like that, that have mentioned their distaste for the organization. Who says another quarterback won't go there and say, I want out of this uh, dysfunctional mess? I don't know where Deshaun Watson is going. He's going to go somewhere. I, I, I just don't know where. I mean, we've been hearing uh, the Broncos, San Francisco. San Francisco doesn't have enough to get him. They don't have enough to get him. They're going to have to give away practically the next three years of their draft stock to get somebody like Deshaun Watson. They don't have high enough picks to get him. Carl says, if you are the Jets, would you let the Bears sign Allen Robinson uh, to franchise tag him and then trade for him? Ooh, that's an interesting dilemma. I don't want Allen Robinson if he doesn't fit the offense. As good as Allen Robinson is, and I love Allen Robinson. I think he's the best wide receiver that's going to be available in this year's Mm offseason and free agency he might not fit the offense. So why would we bring in Allen Robinson? We've seen so many players the Jets have brought in over the years, Santonio Holmes being one of them, who just didn't fit the offense. He fit like a glove for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't fit like a glove for the New York Jets. Braylon Edwards, Brandon Marshall. Well, he, Braylon Eric Edwards, Decker, Bra- Eric, Decker. <laughs> Eric Decker played well for the, the first Jets. year. The first year. They no, did, two years. The first two years. No, the second year he got hurt, remember? Yeah, he, but he, he still played well. He still played well. He had like 600, 700 yards in the games that he played. Eric Decker still played well his second year. I'm just saying, like, they don't have a great track record in terms of long-term with free agent receivers that are still generally, I wouldn't say super young, but generally still somewhat in their prime when they, when they get them. And plus, Allen Robinson's going to be expensive. And I don't know if the Jets are willing. You, Joe Douglas, you, did anybody watch what Joe Douglas did last year? Does, they brought, he brought an offensive lineman on the cheap. He brought McGovern in. He got a, a center for a three-year contract, which... Uh, he can actually opt out after the second year from McGovern. And he brought in George Font on a three-year deal where he can opt out after the first year, which he'll probably keep him because he got him on a cheap. You can move George Font to the guard position yeah. where he fits better. Way better. You can draft a right tackle in the second round, uh, the the right tackle, a left tackle for the, the Alabama Crimson Tide. That I oh, told Leatherwood. You yep. Leatherwood mm-hmm. over there on the other side of Makai Beckham, and you solidified your offensive line. Maybe you bring in Tooney, maybe not. The two tackles from Texas A&M are other names to look at, too. Both of them are going to be probably late first, early second round prospects, too. That The Jets could get a good, at a good value either with the Seattle pick or even their own second. I, that's why I'm bringing up the Jets, and it's, it's not about this, – this segment is not about the Jets. This segment is about Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, okay? Because if you look at Zach Wilson right now and you look at Justin Fields, who would you want? Who would you want? Now, I know you want Justin Fields because of his speed, his size, his accuracy, and a lot of people think that he is just as good or maybe even better than Trevor Lawrence when he gets his feet under him in the NFL. But Justin Fields, remember, when when he decided to go to Georgia, he didn't win the job. He didn't win the job from a backup quarterback, a third-string quarterback now that's in the NFL. He didn't win the job. Oh. That he had to decide to go to Ohio State. Speedy, you can make any excuse. He didn't win the job. I would just say, those are very rare circumstances. Doesn't so matter. What Jake Fromm did that year, and they were winning, so they're not going to stop what they're, what they're going with. And, and he decided to go to Ohio State, and he went to a national title game in six games. That's, so That's fair, but again, at the time, you're not thinking, all right, all right, yeah, we made it to a national championship game that we should have won. All of a sudden, we're going to change quarterbacks. Now. My question for all you guys are, or is, where, what do the Jets do? Uh, or what, what do the Jets do? What does the Carolina Panthers do? What are these teams that need quarterbacks do? Does New England move up in the draft? 
to get the quarterback of the future for their organization. That's very unlike him. I, I think that's very rare. I think what Jeff has been mentioning to us, I think is a lot more likely. Trey Lance? Trey Lance. Yeah. I think Trey Lance might might be drafted in the, in the first in the top ten. Uh, it depends, like I said, how many teams do well with They're talking agency. about possibly – uh, four quarterbacks going in the first four picks. It, that's that's going to be hard to come by because I don't. It's again, never happened before. It's never happened before. And also, again, how many teams are going to be able to say, "All right, we we supplemented our holes enough in free agency to be able to do that." A lot of the teams that are picking early can be are cash strapped. Atlanta's very cash strapped. The Lions are very cash strapped. Where they're one of those teams that they're those teams you could say, "All right, they might take a quarterback, but they don't have to necessarily pull the trigger." And then the Panthers and the, a team like the Panthers, the Broncos, they're in the same boat. They need a lot of defense. So if they do well with free agency with defense, then maybe they do. But again, it's still a lot of ifs. So I don't know about four and four. And I'm looking over here what Carl is saying. You said a few weeks ago that Fields outplayed Lawrence and who is to say he couldn't be the number one pick. He's not going number one because the only team that went for Trevor Lawrence workouts <laughs> was the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And he, they were the only team that showed up to the workouts. Right. They were the only team. No, not the Jets, not the Miami Dolphins. Nobody but the the only team that asked him to work out before his shoulder surgery was the Jacksonville Jaguars, right, which seems inevitable at this point. I mean, teams will delay it all they want and say they're not he's going to take one. him. He's unless gonna, he's, he gets into a car accident. He's going. Yeah, he's going one. I, I would say ninety nine point nine. It's as sure as sure of a thing. Even more sure than the Bengals last year taking Burrow. Now. Do I think that Justin Fields could be just as good or even better than Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely. I could see I could see Zach Wilson being better than I like Trevor Zach Lawrence. Wilson. I don't know about he's better than Trevor Lawrence. Who knows? Why not? I mean, you heard Joe Theismann come on at CBS Sports and said that out of all the big quarterbacks in this year's draft class, he would take Zach Wilson because of his accuracy and his leadership. That's who he would take. He doesn't know that Trevor Lawrence, because of the hype and all the pressure on him, is going to survive all the hype over there in Jacksonville. And then all of a sudden, you talk about Justin Fields. Justin Fields couldn't cut it over there in Georgia, so he had to go to Ohio State to cut it, and he couldn't win the big game. But again, those are very rare circumstances, so I don't know about that. He still has the, he still has the, the coaching, and he still is there with the program. A very good program for Georgia that he learned from, too. Kind of like what you saw with Burrow with LS, uh, Ohio State and LSU. So he ended up he ended up learning that way. He had a great year and ended up being the number one pick. Fields kind of in that same boat with more talent. John Ferris says Lawrence won, Wilson two. That's what he says. It's so interesting. And we're going to – we've talked about this even when uh, Sam Donald's draft class came out. And right. we, we saw Baker Mayfield – uh, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Who you know, now? Now three, four years later, where do we rate them? We we all picked Sam Darnold to be the best quarterback in that class. Now, when you rate the quarterback class, you would put Josh Allen one, Lamar Jackson two, Baker Mayfield three, Sam Darnold four, Josh Rosen five. Who would have thought that? So now you're looking at this draft class, and you got five legitimate quarterbacks in this class. And who are they? You have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, and the quarterback from Alabama. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. You've got five quarterbacks now, and Mac Jones is estimated to be a first-round talent in this year's draft class. And don't forget about CJ's boy, Kyle Trask. He's not going in the first round. (laughs) I don't think so either. He's falling in the second or third round. But uh, those are the five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round this year. So where do we rate them? Where would they be ranked 
in four years from now? Who do you? Where would you rank them in the next four years in the NFL? Well, again, situation dependent, obviously. But talent-wise, I would have Lawrence close second fields. Another, not as big of a gap, but still a gap, Wilson after that. Then a pretty big gap, Lance and Jones, who I think will be a little more of a project. Uh, right now, I'm going to say Justin Fields won. Ooh. I'm, I, I think Justin Fields is going to be the best quarterback in this class. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and anybody can think I'm crazy. I think Justin Fields will be the best quarterback in this class. He can run. He can throw. If he goes to the right team and the right coach, they're going to develop his skills. A lot of people say the one thing that worries them about his skills, he's got all the intangibles. His, uh, what, what, what do they say about him? Um, uh, him seeing the field. Okay. Using the options on the field. Uh, his first throw, he always looks at his first pa- pass and he throws to his first pass. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look around the field. That's, that's a problem uh, using the objective of the quarterback position in the NFL. You have to use the whole field. Zach Wilson, that's one of Zach Wilson's strengths. Right. That is one of his strengths, and that's one of Trevor Lawrence's strengths. So I have, I think, Justin Fields one, Zach Wilson two, Trevor Lawrence three, Trey Lance four, and uh, the Alabama quarterback number five. Mm, Wow. You like Wilson that much, huh? I think what I've seen, the tapes that I've watched, I watched a couple of games, all right? I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched three games this year for Zach Wilson because when I heard that he, this guy is, you know, tearing up college football, I had to see, you know, with my, in front of my eyes. And I watched him in the ball game. He had five touchdowns, dominated the yeah. game against a team that should have been a top 10 ranked team. And they fell were out. at the start of the season. Yeah. I think they were 17 at the start of the season. But they, they fell out of it. Definitely underwhelmed for sure. <laughs> but I look at Justin Fields right now. Justin Fields has every bit of the intangibles that you want as a quarterback. Now, when we look at Deshaun Watson and we look at guys like Mahomes, that draft class, and Mitchell Chabitsky. Mitchell Chabitsky was drafted before all of them. It went Mitchell Chabitsky, then it went Deshaun Watson, and then it went Mahomes. No, Mahomes was I'm sorry, Mahomes, then it went Deshaun Watson. So you had that. Now where do you look at that order? You look at Mahomes. Arguably, maybe Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, because I honestly, I still take Deshaun Watson over Mahomes. Mahomes had a lot to work with over the last couple of years. Who's Deshaun thrown to? Well, they're not far behind, but I, I still can't see anyone of the Mahomes number one. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm taking Deshaun Watson. I, I think Deshaun Watson. You put him on the right team. You put Deshaun Watson on that. Um, you put him on that uh, Kansas City team. You don't think they win a Super Bowl? Well, tough to tell. We don't know how he is in the. You playoffs. don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl? Come on, Speedy. Give me a break. You don't, you don't know how a quarterback is. Give in the me a break. I, I don't want to hear it. If Deshaun Watson was on that Kansas City Chiefs team uh, a year ago when they beat San Francisco, not only would they have beaten them, they would have killed them. I think they would have actually been leading going into the fourth quarter. I think Deshaun Watson is a better overall quarterback than Mahomes. I, I do. I believe that. But that's my opinion. Now, when I look at the draft class this year, I'm taking Justin Fields as, as my number one quarterback. I would take him. I've seen enough of him in the last two seasons. Yes, he played for Ohio State. Yes, Ohio State quarterbacks have not achieved anything in, in the NFL. There's no question. But eventually, one of them is. Eventually, one of them is. Yeah. And I think Justin Fields is the most talented quarterback we've seen come out of Ohio State He's in like over 15 years. <laughs> And he's really the only good pure thrower. Everyone else was just a running type, conventional college football type of that time. 
Now, uh, by the way, he, uh, John Ferris says even if you put Watson on Rams, he win the Super Bowl. He will win the Super Bowl. If you put Deshaun Watson on that Kansas City Chiefs team, they might have won this year. They might have won this year because he is, a, in my eyes, he's just as good of seeing the field as Mahomes is. And by the way, he led the league in yards thrown, and who was he throwing the ball to with the Texans? He has an offensive line at subpar at best. Okay, subpar at best. He had no running game. David Johnson was his starting number one one running back. <laughs> Who was his starting cor- uh, wide receiver? Brandon oh, by Cooks the way, and Will Fuller. And, and Will Fuller. Will Fuller wasn't even on the field at the end of the season. <laughs> he missed four games because he had um, he had steroids. He used steroids, and then he was hurt for a lot of others. <laughs> they have literally Deshaun Watson to no to nobody. They literally have the same types of receivers. They have small stick receivers that are overrated and have drop problems. <laughs> so when I look at it, I'm putting Fields one. Wilson two, Lawrence three, and then I would put Trey Lance and 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 the Alabama quarterback, Mac whatever his name Mac is Mac Jones Mac Jones. So I I know a lot of people, and this is what this first segment was: is who would I take? Now that we know Trevor Lawrence is going one, do I take Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? And I think Justin Fields, if he goes to the right team in the right place, Justin Fields is going to flourish in the NFL. I absolutely believe it. Honestly, the safer bet, believe it or not, is Zach Wilson. And the reason why the safer bet is Zach Wilson is because he uses the whole field. He sees the field very well. If you watch the video, you watch the clips, you watch the footage of what Zach Wilson does, he never looks at his first option as the option that he throws to. He always looks at his second and third options before he makes his throws. You don't see that with Justin Fields. That's going to take a little while for him to figure that out. But he's fast as hell. He's fast as hell. He can make every single throw. He's got as good an arm in this draft as Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Yeah, and again, the thing with the reading defenses is and, and trying to get to your first and second options, he actually improved on that during games. I think most of the time when Fields struggled in a game, it was early on, and then he got better. He's, especially you saw that with the, uh, the, the Big Ten championship game when he was really bad in that first half. Northwestern exposed him to an extent, but then he played well in the second half. Last year at times against other good, uh, other good Big Ten teams with Wisconsin and Michigan and t- uh, not Michigan, Penn State teams like that. That was when he struggled in early, and then he really got it going after that. So I like that element with Fields too. So I don't think it'll be as big of a deal even over Wilson. I think Fields. I, I think when you look at Fields and, and Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson fits a lot of teams. He really does. Justin Fields. You, you have to put him on the right team, the right coach, because they're going to have to develop that skill that he is missing, I think, is a problem. And you go into the NFL, you don't have that skill, you could have problems but early think, in your career. But I think we also see teams now and coaches, whether they're the head coach or coordinators, they change their systems as well for certain quarterbacks. We saw Buffalo do that for Josh Allen. We saw the Ravens definitely do that for Lamar Jackson, because remember, they had Flacco before that. It was mobile at times, but a pocket quarterback. So they really had to do some drastic things, and they have to get those concepts in. And I think a team, no matter who drafts fields, is going to be able to do that because of his mobility, even if they had a, a pocket quarterback before that. A team like Atlanta definitely comes to mind for that if they draft. I don't think Atlanta's going to draft a quarterback. I don't think they are either, but I'm saying if they do. Like I said, they're one of the fringe teams, and I think they need too much on defense. But if they do, they're going to have to change that system because Matt Ryan's a pocket quarterback. Same thing with Detroit, who had Matthew Stafford for years. If they they maybe decide to move on from Jared Goff after a year or maybe trade him for another pick, then 
they may have to get a new system if, for Wilson because he's more mobile or for Fields. I, I can't see the Atlanta Falcons moving away from uh, a guy like Matt Ryan. That's why they brought the offensive coordinator in. I think, I think when you look at where Atlanta is, I still think Atlanta thinks they can win now. They still think that if they add some defensive help in free agency and in a draft where they could still compete in the division that they're in. Now, I don't know if that's possible, but they still have a lot of offensive weapons. You have Calvin Ridley there. You have Julio Jones. We even though he might want out, maybe they trade him before the trade uh, before the draft. Maybe. Uh, maybe they do that because there'll be a lot of teams interested in him, a.k.a. the New York Jets, looking for a number one wide receiver. I don't know if you go after somebody like that because they're going to want at least a second-round draft pick for Julio Jones. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of teams that are going to be looking for that. Now, uh, John Ferris says, I'm going to read up uh, what some of these guys say, Panthers or Patriots for Fields. Fields is going in the top ten. He is going in the top ten. I, I can't see him falling out of the top ten. Right. Um, I can see San Francisco moving up. If Deshaun Watson doesn't become available and Jimmy Garoppolo does be, does become released, and I, I think he will be released – uh, when the trade deadline, I mean the uh, free uh, free agent market opens up, I think they're going to re- release Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is on his way to the New England Patriots. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. Uh, the Patriots last year, who had nine starters out for the season because of COVID nineteen, they decided to sit out. I think the Patriots are going to have a very good season this year, especially in that division. Okay, so don't count out the New England Patriots. And I'm a Jet fan, so and I think if they add a Jimmy Garoppolo to that team, they could be very very dangerous. In, yep. in the AFC. Yeah, the only way that'll happen is if they do end up releasing him or buying him. That's what I'm saying. There's, but no, it, there's no way Belichick's going to take that contract. No, they're going to they're going to release him. That's what I'm hearing. Why do you think that when you hear the San Francisco 49ers are in, involved with possibly trying to move up for Zach Wilson or trying to make a trade for Deshaun Watson? Why do you think their names keep popping up, Speedy? Obviously, they want out of Jimmy Garoppolo's contract. So you think he's going to be still part of that organization by uh, when when free agency market opens up? He will be a free agent. He will be somewhere else next year. And I think it's the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are not going to uh, draft a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is still 30 years old. He still has another five good years left in the NFL. In that offense, in Bill Belichick's offense, remember, Bill Belichick never wanted to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. He never did. The only reason why he did was Robert Kraft and Tom Brady told him that he had to. That's why he did it. He never wanted to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, if Jimmy has an opportunity to come back to New England, New England is absolutely going to be one of the favorites to coming out of the AFC. They are. Because I know everybody keeps looking at their record this year. They missed. They were missing a ton of players. A ton of players. And they're going to get a lot. They have a lot of money to spend, too. I think they're seventh in, in something like that. They're going to spend salary. money. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think I don't think they're going to re-sign Tooney. I, I don't. I think they're going to let him go. I think right. he's going to go to free agency. Yeah. And I think a team like the Jets is going to scoop him up because he would fit like a glove, and especially in Joe Douglas, who likes to build around the trenches. But I, I'm telling you right now, when I when you look at this draft class, it, it can go either way. And you don't know what – what quarterback is going to turn out to be great in this quarter? Uh, what scares me about Trevor Lawrence is what we saw uh, against Ohio State. The Ohio State Buckeyes were not a good defensive team. Okay, They were a decent defensive team. They weren't an elite defensive team. They weren't Alabama. Do you know what Alabama would have done, them, done to them in a national title game? They would have destroyed them. Trevor Lawrence would have been eaten up. He would have been embarrassed in the national title game. And he got embarrassed against Ohio State Buckeyes, which got embarrassed by Alabama. 
I'm telling you right now, and I this is this is coming from me, and I and I love Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is, is still going to be a good quarterback in this league. Generational, elite. I don't know. He's not Andrew Luck. I'm really? sorry, he's not. He's not Andrew Luck. He's just not. Andrew Luck showed me a lot of things, being that he played for Indianapolis with no offensive line. Trevor Lawrence is going to a team that doesn't have an offensive line. Let's see what he does his first year. We saw what Andrew Luck did his first year. Andrew Luck played well his first year with a bad offensive line. Oh, yeah. And, by the way, had T.Y. Hilton, and that's it. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton was a rookie that year, too. Same draft. So, I'm telling you right now, when you're looking at – and I'm not uh, – John Ferris says – I don't like Lawrence. I call him a uh, the surfer dude, LOL. And, and that's fine. You could call him a surfer dude. I still think he's going to be a good quarterback. I still think he – I don't know about elite. I don't know why everybody keeps saying he's a generational quarterback. What I saw in about nine games, in the big games, Justin Fields in both games that he played against Justin Fields, Justin Fields outplayed him. Go look at both games. Even the game that he beat Justin Fields the year before in the ball game. Justin Fields played better than Trevor Lawrence. Not by much, but he did. But again, we go back to the standard of stop using one game to judge a prospect, too. Because you said the I'm same not. Thing. I'm judging him by two games against the two quarterbacks that played against one another, that are being compared with one another. And if I look at both games and I compare and contrast both players, I'm taking Justin Fields. It's two games, Speedy, not one. Okay, I'm just saying, you did the same thing with Quinn and Williams, too, and you didn't like him, and now look at what he's done with the well, Jets. Well, hold he's on one fantastic. second. I... I First of all, he's been fantastic for one year. And I didn't say I didn't like him. I said I wouldn't have taken him at number three. I would have taken Allen. Um, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen. That's what I would have taken at three. Now, I could be wrong. I never said I didn't like Quinn Williams. You were down on him for what a lot of people. Yeah, because I, I don't know in that kind of defense, in a 3-4 defense, if he was going to succeed. A.K.A. Leonard Williams. <laughs> And look, he went to a 4-3 defense, which I said when he does, he was going to be an elite pass rusher. What was he this year? He was an elite pass rusher. I, I told you that. And Quinn Williams in a 4-3 defense, he's going to be even better than him. I think so, too. Yeah, that's he right. is going to be unstoppable yeah. in a 4-3 defense. Mm. Unstoppable. I'm telling you right now, the Jets, Quinn Williams missed the last four games of the season or three games of the season. Quinn Williams had seven and a half sacks. Quinn Williams is going to have 14, 15 sacks this year in his defense. Mm, I can say that, yeah. He is going to be dominant. He is going to be hard to stop in a 4-3 spread. But I, I, I'm telling you, when I look at the big picture right now, and we're trying to compare and contrast what quarterback uh, your franchise needs or your franchise wants, as a Jet fan, I, I'm kind of questioning if we, can keep, if we should keep Sam Darnold. I really am. Because how much better is Zach Wilson going to be in his rookie season than Sam Darnold? Now, the other thing with that is how long do you wait on that kind of decision, too? Because we, t- CJ I said, think they already know the decision. I, well, I think again, they already know. They, they need the, to see how these other trade packages are going to be because we met, we talked about the dilemmas of do you trade back or not. If you get an overwhelming offer from a Carolina Panthers team or Detroit or Atlanta or something like that. Detroit's not going to get I don't think so no, either. I'm just, golf. I'm just throwing hypotheticals. I'm just saying teams that – could give up if they really, really like CJ doesn't, and by the way, and I, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, CJ doesn't like Sam Donald, and that's why he says nope. But here's the thing, CJ, uh, your guys on your show came out, one of your guys, very well-known guy that you bring on your show, said that Adam Gase wasn't getting fired. You were wrong about that, because that's not what I heard. And what I'm hearing through 
the people that I know are part of the Jets organization. The, jo- the Jets are iffy on getting rid of Sam Donald because Sam Donald has never been put in an offense for him to succeed. Okay, so you put the players, you put the offensive linemen around him and the running game around him and and, and the depleted offense that he's had over the last couple of years. How could you say that Sam Donald can't succeed? He can. Yeah, again. And the other thing, too, is this is going to be a value scenario where Sam Donald is being traded on a down if he is getting traded. So you really have to know at that point whether you're committing to one of these quarterbacks. That's why I don't think it's going to happen within the next month or so, I think it'll happen after these pro days, these virtual pro days that they're going to have with these quarterbacks. It'll be, if they trade him, it'll be before the draft. Probably, right before the draft. Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine it that. It will. It will. Yeah. I, because you'll know right gonna... away. You'll know right away if Deshaun Watson's going to get traded. So, yes, it'll be before the draft. If Deshaun Watson gets traded, it'll be probably a couple of weeks before the draft. No, I'm not denying that. I'm saying if... But that's... If they're going after Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to move away from Sam Donald. So, it will be before the draft. A couple of weeks before the draft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I said it was not going to be right away, is what I said. I said Nobody it, said it was going to be a right away, Speedy. Okay, so my point is, in terms of them evaluating the rookie rookie quarterbacks, if they like one of them, they will move Spit away from it. Spit it out, them. Speedy. And also, if they get a trade offer from a, a, one of those teams, a team like Carolina or Denver that really wants to trade up, and they get two, three first-round picks, and it's overwhelming, you, you can't refuse it. You trade Sam Donald at that point before you take that trade to really up his trade value, too. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. Joe Douglas is going to have to make a decision if he's going to trade out of that pick. If he decides that he's going to keep that pick, he's probably going to draft a quarterback. If he has made his decision to keep Sam Donald for one more year, he will move out of that pick. He will move all the way to either 8th or 7th or wherever, you know, Carolina or or maybe Atlanta, if Atlanta really, really wants Zach Wilson or really, really wants Justin Fields to be backing up Matt Ryan for a year and then bring him in, that could happen. But I I, I think the Jets will go after a wide receiver then. They'll fall to 8th or 6th or 5th, and Jabbar, Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase is a guy that would be out, out there. Devontae, um, Devontae Smith will be over there at 5th or 7th or 8th. Or yeah. Uh, you can get your elite wide receiver. You do not have to go to free agency to bring a wide receiver in, which will save you a ton of money. Where you can build on your offensive line. Look how many good offensive linemen are available. You have Lindley available this offseason. Tooney available. You can get both guys, spend the money on the offensive linemen, really put an, an unbelievable offensive line together with veterans and young players, and then you build your structure. You build around the offensive line, and you protect Sam Darnold. Lindsley should be a very big prime target for the Jets because he had one of the best seasons for a center last year when he was with Green Bay. And, he still, and you move McGovern to the guard. Yeah, he's still fairly young, too. I think he's 27, 28. So Lindsley, they could get – they'd probably have to pay him a little more than an average center, but they're – that should be somebody they could prioritize for the Jets because interior rush is definitely an area where they could struggle against because if there's pressure from the tackles, like we know Mackay Becton's phenomenal, what it would be for the right tackle, Sam Donald could escape from that, but interior is going to be a lot harder. And Carolina, Carolina is going to be looking for a quarterback. There is no question. Everything we're hearing from Carolina, the beat writers, uh, some of the coaches, and I'm not talking about their Matt Rule. Uh, some of their their other coaches have come out and said that they're they're not unsure with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, you can't bet 
your franchise with Teddy Bridgewater after that injury. And even this year in the second half of the season, Teddy Bridgewater played well in the beginning of the season. And Robbie Anderson was excellent in the beginning of the season, kind of fell off in the second half of the season because of the quarterback play. So they're going to be looking for a quarterback. The question is, is Deshaun Watson going to become available? If he becomes available, there'll be a huge frenzy for him. Mm -hmm. A huge frenzy for him. It's not going to be just Carolina, San Francisco, the Broncos, Miami. It will be the Jets. The Jets will be in the mix. And by the way, the Jets have that one pick that they can daggle that nobody else has. And why would the Texans trade with Miami after trading that pick away and giving it to Miami? Yeah, it doesn't th- make sense. Yeah, I think Miami's the lowest of the five rumored teams right now just because they're still an unknown with are they actually going to decommit from Tua right away. So mm-hmm. I think it goes in terms I of— I don't think they will. Well, again, again, they could recycle the quarterbacks all they want, whatever. They're still the least likely because of that. And the Jets, the Jets are the most likely with the picks. The 49ers are most likely with the urgency and also the availability for them to do it because they don't need a lot on their roster. And again, if the Broncos and Panthers do well in free agency, they could definitely make a push. But the problem is they both both those teams need a lot on defense. Both those teams are similar where Watson's going to want to go there because nice running game with both teams, nice young receivers with both those teams. But again, do they have enough on defense to be able to afford to trade all those picks away? Because Watson's still going to take a lot. Mm. It's, it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have our special guest, Speedy. The return, the triumphant return of UCLA cornerback recruit, the number 13 overall athlete, and the number one cornerback recruit in the 2021 recruiting class, Devin Kirkwood. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Do current market conditions have you nervous? Our experienced team of financial professionals at Heritage Harbor Financial Associates understands that no two investors are alike. We all have different goals, needs, and appetites for risk. That's why the one-size-fits-all approach does not work, especially when planning for retirement. At Heritage Harbor Financial Associates, we analyze your unique investment style so that you can work toward your individual retirement goals on your terms. Heritage Harbor Financial Associates can help you take steps to reach your retirement goals by providing a wide array of financial products to fit your needs, even for the risk adverse. Give us a call at 631-331-6599 to learn more or to set up an appointment with one of our financial professionals. You can also find us on the web at hhfa.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhfa.org. Our number again is 631-331-6599. That's 631-331-6599. Investments in stock bonds and mutual funds and variable annuities are not FDIC insured and are subject to fluctuation in value market risk, including loss of principal heritage Harbor Financial Associates offer securities through AXA Advisors, LLC, New York, New York, member FINRA, SIPC, annuity and insurance products offered through AXA Network, LLC. Be fearless at MMA Long Island and Seituha Karate. Located at 28 Cold Court in Ronkonkoma, MMA Long Island is the martial arts school for you if you want to learn combat-proven techniques. Build confidence, discipline, and self-esteem while learning real martial arts to fight back against bullies, predators, and peer pressure. MMA Long Island offers group and private lessons for all ages and levels in traditional goji-ru karate, MMA, and self-defense. MMA Long Island is one of Long Island's most affordable martial arts schools. There are no promotion, belt, or membership fees, and family discounts are available. All classes are taught by 7th degree black belt Sensei John Benedict with over 30 years teaching experience. 
So whether you want to get in the ring or protect yourself and your family, MMA Long Island can help you reach your goals. Visit MMALongIsland.com. That's MMALongIsland.com. Or call or text 516-381-660. That's 516-381-9660. Edward Lehman has been a trusted insurance advisor for over 16 years with insurance solutions for auto, home, commercial, life, and retirement. He's located at 54 Sunnyside Boulevard, Suite H in Plainview. That's just 1,000 feet south of 495. Local agent, local advice. The time to think about insurance is before you need it. So do yourself a favor, and before you pay your next insurance bill, give Ed and his team a call, 516-935-3900, or visit him online at www.allstate.com forward slash EL. Edward H. Lehman Insurance is your trusted insurance advisor. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I had to play this. I had to play this. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. Remember, you can call us at 631-500-0548. You could go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Go to our app, which is iOS, Apple, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 well. Speedy? Let you do the introduction on this one. All right. Returning to the show is UCLA cornerback recruit, the number 13 overall athlete, and the number one cornerback recruit in the 2021 class, Devin Kirkwood. Look at that. <laughs> Devin, what's going on, man? How are you and your family doing with this pandemic? Uh, We're doing good, doing good. The pandemic uh, is kind of hard because now it really just pushed, it pushed everything back. And I didn't have a senior season, so I literally just had to do what I had to do to graduate early so I can enroll early to UCLA. So now I'm just thinking about going into UCLA and just coming coming out, just starting as a true freshman, being a freshman All-American, and making sure I have good grades so I can play. Oh, stop. Good grades? What do you have, a 3.8 or 3.9 average? <laughs> yeah good but... good grades give me a break mr gummy bear man by the way that introduction was for you because i first of all i've interviewed so many great prospects future prospects nfl prospects college prospects and you have stuck out to me out of all the guys because of your personality we got you on the phone last time we couldn't get you on the video feed so i'm happy we got you on the video feed how is your mom doing right now my mom's doing good. She's she's at she's in like a little meeting right now upstairs. So she's she's fine. She's been working hard, trying to make sure I stay on the right path and making sure that I everything that I need uh, that she can help provide for me. Mm-hmm. Well, your mom is a smart woman. She had her, she got her master's degree at USC. So let me ask you this question. And this is this is I understand with the whole COVID nineteen. What made you decide to, you know, possibly decide to move to USC than UCLA? What made you decide to kind of take a step back and decide if you wanted to go play for USC or UCLA? Uh, what made me think about stepping back was yes. like, I was like, man, I got a real close relationship with, Co- with Coach Dante that went to SC and some of the other coaches that are SC. And I knew a whole bunch of people that was going there. 
So I was like, dang, we could create a really big, great team <laughs> and and just and like be really good. But I was like, I was like, but then that's too many stars on one team. You <laughs> you like sometimes you gotta be that sometimes you gotta go somewhere and stand out. And I was like, I'd rather go somewhere else. I'd rather go to UCLA because they're on a come up. I was like, SC barely beat them. And UCLA's on a come up right now. They're on a rebuild period. So I'm like, I would go somewhere where they're rebuilding and the team's getting better every year. Now where the team's already good, I want to go somewhere where they're getting better to where now when we play against good competition, the spotlight going to be on me when I'm playing <laughs> against them. Like, oh, he chose, I see why he chose them over over to other schools. That's what I love about you. Your confidence, your personality. And and I would have done the same thing. I, 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 a little bit about me. I had a decision to go to New Hampshire or Maine or Niagara University. I was going to be redshirted uh, for college hockey uh, for New Hampshire and Maine. Those were the two top teams in the country. I wanted to go to yeah. Niagara because I wanted to go to an up-and-coming team, a MAC division team, where I was going to play and I was going to be the best player on the team. And I wanted to make the team better. And I wanted to stand out from all the other players that I was going to play with from New Hampshire and Maine. So I agree with you. I, I understand why you did that. Yes. That's that, that's the move. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's cool to be on a super team, but it's cool to – but it's way better when you're able to play against a super team because that shows that you don't need to be on a really good team to be great. Mm-hmm. So if you can if, if you can make everybody else around you better and be like a, a leader on a team mm-hmm. and lead your team to victory, that shows true character instead of just being already on a good team. So go through the signing day process of it. Obviously, a lot of people were hinting at, like you were saying, that you were going to pick UC at USC, obviously them being huge rivals, USC and UCLA. Was there a certain level of maybe like pettiness or trickery that you wanted to put in? Because we've seen a lot of these recruits, both with football and with basketball, they kind of troll them in a way. And was it directed at anybody if there was? Like I know you're, we were talking about in the last interview, you had your mother has ties with USC. Was there any kind of like shots you were taking at USC people that you know? If that was the uh, approach you took, they was it was like all over Twitter. Twitter was going crazy when SC beat UCLA. They was going crazy. They was they was posting like a the little Michael Jordan sad face over the logo, <laughs> the Bruin logo on the field, and then put like and had like fire underneath it, like showing like they were that that they was like they destroyed him. I was like, y'all didn't destroy him. Y'all beat him in the fourth. quarter with the last 15 seconds mm. i was like that's not how you 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 say that you won a game you had to win off the last 15 seconds it was just the defense the defense just the defense provided all game but it was just that last drive sc wanted it more mm. but the the little the throwing the shade and stuff they was throwing shade all week against each other they was like kirkland don't want to go to sc because this <laughs> this this kirkland don't want to go to ucla because of this this and this that they was posting that's why kirkwood decommitted he about to come to SC, and then they was like, "Nah, he just decommitted to step back and see what he wanted." But his true home go to UC. I was just like, every day. Then on Instagram, it was even worse because it was like, people like the SC fan pages was tagged me and things like we. They was like, "We we know you coming, Dev." It's like make the move. I'm like, you don't even know yet. You don't even know where I'm going. Everybody just posting like he decommitted from UCLA. He going to SC already. We already know. He said he wanted to stay home. I was. I will say this. And by the way, we are talking to the number one cornerback recruit, Devin Kirkwood, UCLA Bruin. 
I remember when we interviewed you and you told me you grew up a UCLA fan, a Bruin fan. Your mom was a Bruin fan. Your family was a Bruin fan. And that's where you wanted to go. So I was very surprised when I heard that you were interested in possibly going to USC. I was like, wow, you hated USC. And it was, a, <laughs> yeah. it was you told me you, you were not going to go and play for USC. There, there was no thought in your mind to go play at USC. And your mom said, I remember your mom saying, there's no way my son is going to go play for USC. And she went to school in USC. So Yeah, so... I, it, it's crazy. I, I I was like, wait a second. When Jillian told me he, he might be committing to USC, I was like, what? He told me he wasn't going there. So <laughs> I, I was I was shocked when I heard that. And then she says, well, well, well uh, his signing day will go out live on his signing day. There was a problem with your signing day, but I was happy that you picked UCLA. I think you're going uh, to a coach, uh, Chip Kelly, who has has coached in the NFL. He was very successful. Everybody says he wasn't successful in the NFL. If you look at his record, he was successful in the NFL. Uh, a very good offensive mind, and he always brings in good defensive coordinators. Uh, I think being that it's Coach Kelly and, and, and he has the experience in the NFL, I think he's going to develop your skills. I think he's going to make you a great player. Yes, and I also picked uh, UCLA because I love his connections. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see nobody having Bill Belichick in his office or going out to dinner with Bill Belichick mm. like that on the regular. I was like, when I saw that he, uh, the Patriots is on the was up there sometimes when they was in town training up at UCLA. I was like, I got. I was like, I want to be there when I, when the when the NFL people come out there like Odell all them. I want to go against them sometimes, mm. ask them some questions. Like I want to, I want to. Widen my widen my horizon of with course. all this stuff, because then it makes it easier for me, like going against the college receivers, and then also knowing what the NFL receivers do. So then it makes the game way slower against the college receivers, because then you'll be like, he'll show you like he breaks down here. That must mean he's not like he's gonna fully commit to somewhere else. Or if he tries to shake you at the line, he has a certain amount of time, because it's a it's a timing route now. Because now if he gave you all this, that means he got one way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, he gotta, he gotta get out of his let's, just, let's just hope you don't go to the Patriots, okay? Let, let's just hope. <laughs> that, that would make me very upset because I'm a fan of yours. You're, uh, you're a fan of the – you're a friend of the show. You're a friend uh, on me on social media. I follow you. I want you to succeed. I want you to become the best cornerback yeah. in the NFL, the best cornerback in college football. I do not want to see you go to the Patriots and play for Bill Belichick. Sorry. Uh, I don't no, I don't, I, hey, I, I don't like the Patriots, but – if they if that happened, yeah, I don't really want it to happen, but because it, it is cold out there. But <laughs> so wait a second, hold on one second. Because it's cold, if the Jets draft you, you don't want to go to the Jets. I go to the Jets. All right, I used to play for the Inglewood Jets. Uh, okay, Inglewood Jets, Paul Warner team. Oh well, I'm just letting you know because I'm going to reach out to Joe Douglas. I'm going to do everything I possibly can that in three years from now. When you become eligible for the NFL draft, then I'm going to be like, uh, Co- uh, you know, Douglas or, or Robert Sala, Coach Sala. I'm going to say, Sala, uh, get this kid, draft this kid. This kid is for real. All right? I, I love this kid. I think this kid is going to be a superstar in the NFL. I love your personality. I love your uh, just everything about you. Just uh, your, per- your mom, uh, you're a very confident guy. And, and, and the person that you are and, and your personality that brings out everything about you tells me that you're going to be a star and it's going to sell me that you're going to be a star in college football and the NFL. Yes. That's, that's the whole plan. Cause I grinding every day, wake up, wake up, eat, sleep, literally work out <laughs> and just try and get bigger. 
that's all I literally been doing. Cause if I want to be great, mm-hmm. you got you can't really take no days off. Mm-hmm. Nice. A lot of people say that. Yeah. Like I played really, I really kind of had played my last tournament like two weekends ago. Went out there. It was in Arizona, so it was like a tournament. It was with this team called Red Rum. So we was out there playing, and the teams we were playing against was so called we FSP. One of the one of the top seven on seven teams was out there. So I'm like, I've heard of them. Dang. So I'm like, dang, our team, our team just came together. Every, all the cameras was on me. <laughs> they was like one of the one. They was like the the best corners out here playing. I'm like, dang. I'm like, I gotta really, I gotta really show out. <laughs> so I literally went. The first day had no balls called on me at all. So I was like, dang, this is really crazy. I'm like, I'm, I'm really making a movie <laughs> on the field. So next day comes, we playing against some team. We playing it, we got played like five games to make it to the championship. So we beat all five teams, and I still had zero balls called on me. Everybody, they wasn't even really looking my way. It was funny. Mm-hmm. I had a coach yell at his player saying, You can't beat 6'3. Why are you throwing it his way? I was just like, hey. But what really stood out to me that whole tournament was after we won, was like some a parent and her and her son and her and her husband came up to me and told me that they really like my playing style and like my my grind and how I carry myself on the field. Like they say, like I talk trash, but then I'd be like, now, now I'm just serious and I'm just straight serious. Like I'm ready to go. And it'd be like, they say, I'm all, I always have a smile on my face and that like, I'm always upbeat to where I'm always ready to play and ready to stay on the grind. Mm-hmm. And that stood up, stood a lot to me in my heart. Cause it was like, she told me that, uh, that she believes that I can make it to the NFL. And I was like, dang, like you, you just saw me for two days. <laughs> and he was like, you really believe cause of how hard, of like how much hard work I've shown on this field today, these past two days. Her son was trying to take pictures with me and all. I was like, that was really like one of my biggest moments. Cause it was like, now I see my brand is actually spreading, mm-hmm. not just being in LA and Arizona, all around LA is actually spreading to Washington all over the place. I'm like, <laughs> now people are actually knowing, knowing Devin Kirk with the last name, just like right there. <laughs> Devin Kirk. <laughs> The Pac-12 will know you well when when you lock at lock down their best receivers. Don't worry. <laughs> By the way, we are talking to the number one cornerback recruit, UCLA Bruins, Devin Kirkwood. So you were showing showing us the jersey bef- uh, in the interview now, and also you were showing it to me when I was setting up for the interview, and also you had a ring for it. So tell the fans about the the significance of that, and maybe some of the backstories behind uh, how you ended up getting that uh, All American jersey you got there. Yeah. Uh, so it started freshman year. I, I was like, I wasn't the smartest kid and I wasn't the fastest kid on the football field. So everybody looked at me like, he's not going, like, he's not really going to be a football player. He's going to be like a student. He's just playing football right now. Cause like his height and he's not that strong. So I'm like, all right. So freshman goes, goes through, goes probably. And I'm like, man. I really hope I can make it to college because that's everybody, every kid's dream. So I'm like, man, every day it was going through my head. Like, I want to make it to college. I want to be on the Sarah wall. I want to be on the Sarah wall for all Americans with Robert Woods and Dory Jackson, Marquise <laughs> Lee. 
I was, I want to be one of them kids that be up there. So I'm like, all right. So then it was my sophomore year came and it was like right after the season, we played, we played Bosco, then we lost. And I was really mad. I was like, dang, I really didn't get to play. So I'm, I'm about to transfer. I was, I'm transferring. I'm going somewhere else. But the, my head coach and Coach Marv had talked to me, talked to me and, and got me to stay. They was like, Deb, you're going to be a really big name recruit. Just wait. Just wait until the spring. You'll see. So the spring came after I trained with Ground Zero for like a while. And then all of a sudden the offers had showed up. And I was like, wow. Like <laughs> I ended up with eight offers. And then I was like, dang, I'm extremely blessed. First offer. Oh, you got to always remember the first offer. Nevada. That was like my very first offer. That had me in tears because it was like, dang, like the hard work is paying off. But I want to be, I want to be one of the, I want to be the best corner in my class. So I got to keep working. So then, by the way, I wasn't even really a corner at first. I was a receiver. I was an athlete. So I was really playing offense and then a little bit of defense. They just put me at corner because I, I actually was kind of able to stick somebody. So I was playing receiver. And then it was like a college coach told me, he's like, have you ever thought about playing corner? I was like, no, I'm six three. Why do I want to play? Why do I want to play defense? <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I don't want to play corner. But then Coach Brown talked to me, and he was like, "Dad, you be being six three and being able to have good feet and have good technique, six three, you can go to the league like that." Mm-hmm. I'm like, everybody's telling me like, "Dad, play defense, play defense." I'm like, fine, I'm gonna play defense. So I fo- I just forget <laughs> offense. I just straight I focused in on defense. So I'm like, all right, I got right. And then my sophomore, sophomore semester, second semester, it was like right before summer, I got SC. That was my biggest offer at that time. And I'm like, I went to the SC camp, balled out, and got the offer. I'm like, man, that's crazy. And then right after, I went to the UCLA camp, balled out at the UCLA camp. And then Chip Kelly was like, I really like your, I really like your playing style. I like all the things about you. And I'm like, Dang, but he ain't offered me. I was like, wait a minute, you said you liked everything about me, but you didn't offer me. Okay. So then it was it was summer ball coming around. He came to our first summer ball practice and he saw me practice again. He was like, Dad, I really like he was like, I like you a lot. And I'm like, Coach, you keep saying this. Like that you're you're the school that I grew up liking. Like, come on, coach. So then junior year came. And we played, we played our season. We had a good, we started off really good. And then we had like, we had a lot of injuries. So then we didn't, we didn't finish how we wanted to finish. But I was like, okay. So this is my last year, seven on seven for ground zero. So I played with ground zero. We went out to Florida. We, we got whooped the first night. I ain't even going, I'm not even going to cap about that. We got whooped. And then we came back to the tournament. We got whooped. We played like a scrimmage. We lost. They blew us out. They was talking all trash about us on the internet, like, oh, ground zero LA people weak. They was like, they not good. I was like, dang, you saying we not good? So then we play them. So we go to the next day on Saturday. We play them. We play all the teams from out there. We're second seed. We're right behind DEFCON. So we play DEFCON the next day. We beat them 24 to 7. All of a sudden, everybody's like, LA still good, not good. We was like, y'all so-called, y'all whooped us in a scrimmage, and then we come out and beat y'all in a tournament in your home turf and just win the whole tournament that's like that was one of a big moment for me and then going to the Under Armour All-American camp right 
balling out. And then people, I had to, I didn't even get the, the invite that day. They didn't even invite me that day. They was like, yeah, we're going to stay in touch with you. We're going we gonna, to we gonna get you. They was like, we like your playing style. We like all that. And I was like, dang. Which why didn't y'all get? I was like, all right, this this whatever. We're gonna, I'm, gonna I'm, I'm gonna make a shirt. I'm gonna make a shirt for you. It's gonna say dang. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna say dang. I'm actually gonna make a shirt for you. I'm gonna send it out to you and it's gonna say dang. I'm I'm seriously gonna do it. I I <laughs> I, I, I think it's funny. I think that is your line. It's Devin Dang Kirkwood. <laughs> Devin Dang Kirkwood. I mean, every single thing. I, I will say this, man. Your personality, not only when people get to know who you are as a person, I, you're a good kid. I, I see your posts. I see what you do on social media. Um, your personality, it definitely drives people. Um, me, as a person that actually respects athletes, because I was an athlete my own, my, my own self, I see who, who you are as a person. I, I see that you're not trying to take the easy way out. You're going to go to a team where you're – you're the center of attention to that to that team. You're the, the center of attention to that defense, and you're going to make that defense an elite defense. To me, yeah. that shows me your person, who you are as a person, your personality, and what you want to be, and you want to be looked at as a college player, and and eventually as a prospect in the NFL. So to me, that's what stands out to me about you. And when when just getting to know you out of all the, like I said, all the different recruits that we've interviewed. You and we've interviewed a lot. I like, I like, believe it or not, my two favorite interviews were two corners. You and you know who I'm talking about Ashford. Ashford, who is yeah. Mr. Ashford, who is going to play for Wisconsin. I don't like Your the favorite team. team. I don't like the team he's going to, <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of his. And you, you two, st- stick out more like a like a sore thumb from all the different you know different recruits that we've interviewed. And we've interviewed some top recruits. So, but. I could tell who you are as a person. Your, your mother raised you right, and I, I see that school comes first before sports. You're a track and field. Uh, you're a track and field superstar. You are, and not only as a track and field superstar, you're the number one cornerback recruit in the 2021 uh, class, which is is fantastic. What is your thoughts of of some of the recruits that you've seen, and and being that you know you're the number one cornerback recruit going into college football? Uh, that that's really I didn't think that it was gonna ever happen because there's a lot of good corners like my like Sierra Wright, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Davies. Mm-hmm. We interviewed yeah, him, by the way. Him too, yep. We we interviewed Jalen Davies, who very very nice guy. What is he like? Uh, what's his favorite food? Uh, uh, the, the he was the sour skittle s- guy. Sour skittle guy. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, them them two. Mm-hmm. I train with them every day, so it was like, I was like, dang, like they're really really good. So it was like they started corner before me, mm-hmm. and just for me to be able to show that why why I'm all the work that I put in, why I should be the number one corner in this class is like it means a lot to me because you don't get that recognition a lot a lot of people just was like you look over me and be like oh he's 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 gonna sooner or later blossom i was like no i'm gonna show them now and then keep showing them (laughs) i was like i was telling people i'm i think of my game after Jalen ramsey cj henderson and jair alexander the three people that always talk trash on the field that and then they back it up Mm. like an underdog jair alexander He's everybody says Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but what about Jair? Jair 
was locking people up all season. Right. He wasn't really giving up no tubs. And when he he was in a tamp, the Tampa versus Green Bay game, he had two picks. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, y'all didn't give no credit to Jair really all season. But when but when he got them two picks, everybody was like, oh, Jair's Jair's really up there with Ram. Like, no, you guys, y'all wasn't y'all was sleeping on him for half the season. Right. Well, you're the one thing I could say about you. You're six foot three, and which a lot of corners are not six foot three in in, in the NFL. You're as fast as any one of these corners in the NFL. You talk about uh, Stephen Gilmore. You talk about all the different – you talk about Jalen Ramsey. You're faster than all of these guys. You're, you're longer than them. You're taller than them. You're faster than them, and you're a ball hawk. So, to me, unless you completely screw up in college football, which I don't <laughs> believe you will, you're going to be a star in college football. You're going to stand out. And then you're going to go into the NFL, and you're going to be a superstar. I, I really do believe that. And your personality, that will sell here in New York. If you, if you got drafted by the Giants or the Jets, your personality will st- stand out. You're not a cocky kid, but you're, you're a kid that knows how good you are. And, and you're confident that when you step on the field that you're going to be able to dominate. And that, to me, shows me who you are as a person because as much as you can you could talk crap all you want you got to put up you got to put up on the field you do yeah. that you do that and you do it with such um ease and and I and I've watched clips of you I have checked you out on YouTube I I am a fan of yours and I I I like watching tape and, and I want to see what you can do and how talented you are you're a long kid and you're fast and Somebody can beat you on the outside, and then as soon as they get they go on the outside, you're going to cut that ball off, and you're going to stop them. And 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 to me, that's that's a form of a, not only a superstar player, that's an NFL style player. So I I do believe you're going to get where you want to go in this sport. Yes. So, thank you. Thank you. So actually, you brought up, it's funny you brought up Jair Alexander and Jalen Ramsey because one of my questions was the position as a whole in the corner position, oftentimes gets snubbed when it comes to awards, MVP, like Super Bowl MVP, or even Defensive Player of the Year. And I thought this year, another, you brought up Jair Alexander, who's probably just as deserving too, if not more, is Avian Howard was another one I thought that was deserving. He had nine interceptions this year. Another guy that's a very long corner as well. Played very well for a very good Miami defense this year. So do you think as a whole, just because maybe the stats don't always show. I mean, with Howard, they did. They had nine interceptions. But because they're not thrown to, because it's locked down like you were talking about all throughout your tournament, you were thrown out and didn't allow a catch, that that kind of gets devalued when it comes to awards, and really it shouldn't. Uh, it's kind of hard to, like, give people awards when you don't see, like, when you when the QB doesn't throw at them. So it's like you, you can't give them, like, the so-called best DB or anything when a QB they – when they don't even look your way, it'd be like, you basically are making, you're basically taking away a whole receiver. So it was like, like when we was in the tournament, I thought I was going to win MVP. I'm not even, gonna, I thought I was going to win MVP because I didn't give up no ball, like no ball. And whenever one, like two, three games, they didn't even look at me. They didn't even look at the receiver. They was just telling him, just run a hitch, just run a hitch. Like you're not going to get open. And then, and then everybody was like, "Deb." Everybody was looking like, "I thought he was. He didn't get a ball." Cause I was like, hey, "Man, this is none of my business. I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna play. I just come out and play." But when we did that little All American seven on seven in Dallas, that really stood out to me the most because that was like they said the corner that was the number one DB this year was me, 
I was like, wow. I was like, out of all the corners you could have picked, Davies, Damani, all of them corners, you picked me. I was like, that is crazy. And I was like, man. Is that I mom? Like, is that mom right there? Is that mom right there? Yeah. yeah. Say hello, mama. Let's see you. Come into the come into the picture. Come into the video. Come into the video, mama. Okay, I'll just say. Hi, mom. How are you? How are Thanks you? Thanks for having him on. Look, you know he's excited, as you can see. Um, my little knucklehead. And when you said Dang, uh, uh, Devin Dang, when he was growing up, I, on my license plate, it what was it. What did it say? Uh, it said YD Nice. That was my license plate thing. You know, I was like, why, why? So, you know, so this personality has been uh, molded for for a long time. But I'm very proud of him. He's working hard. And um, like you said, it, it kind of hurt your feelings when he said USC, the community UCLA, trust me, our household was kind of on uh, ups and downs when he, he came and was like, mom, let me make my decision. And he said, I, I'm decommitting. I was like, you know, do what you want to do. I hope you make the best decision. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I will say this. Your, your son has the personality. He has the, what do they call it? The swang over there. And, and, and I, I just, I, I think the person that you are, you're, you're a hardworking kid. You, you always, all the trials and tribulations you had and nobody thought, you know, you didn't even think that you were going to be the number one corner recruit coming out of this draft, this class. And then, and then seeing what you were and what you've turned out to be as a person, being that you're six foot three, you're an athletic kid and that you are a good student too. Not only are you a great athlete, you're a great student. I think that a lot of people can learn something from you and the hard work and dedication that you put into the work that you do, it, it all pays off. And you see it right now. You're going to UCLA, a top collegiate school. You're going to be, you're going to be the superstar in that defense. And, and you have the opportunity to really put yourself on the top of the top echelon corners in the college uh, brass. So I, I think that what you're doing and what you are and what you're going to be, not only am I a fan of yours, I think that a lot of people are going to draw to you uh, throughout the country when you step on the field for UCLA. Yes, thank you. I, I think so too, and I hope so because I'm ready to I'm ready to show the technique that I've learned from Coach Anthony Brown, square technique. Because you you know some people that just uh, that are going to the league this year that that use our technique, mm -hmm. Cam Bynum, mm -hmm. Thomas Graham, uh, Diamador, like a lot, all of them really good. Elijah Griffin from SC, mm -hmm. OG, yes, mm -hmm. them dudes. I've trained with them all the time, and they've made me really good and like helped me see my technique in different ways and helped me advance it a lot. Just like uh, I get to go against LV, Chad Johnson. LV helped me a lot through my years at Sarah while he was at Sarah. Because mm -hmm. he, like, that going against him, it helped me know that I got to be more patient. I got to actually shoot my hands at a certain time, not just try and shoot them right away. Play with my feet more, not always try and just jam straight away. Be able to show that I could just stick and not just be somebody that just always got to put their hands on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and now, ever since I've learned that, it's like I can just stick somebody and then not really have to use my hands. And it'd be it'd be so fun because everybody be like, he's six three, he can't run. I'm like, what? All right, step out of here. And then I'm about to show you what I can do. Is that the same Anthony Brown that used to play for the Cowboys um a couple years ago? Oh no, nah, Anthony Brown, he's a Browns, he 
coaches for Ground Zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the former players, once they end up retiring, I mean, he's still pretty young, but he wasn't a very good. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't a great corner in the NFL for Dallas, so I wasn't sure if it was the same guy. Uh, right. Not nah, Anthony Brown, GZ. He's different. Okay. Uh, he, I call him G, uh, Guru Square Technique Guru. Nice. That's a cool <laughs> nickname. <laughs> Dang Guru. <laughs> so i have a question being that you're entering the pac-12 um we saw this year in this college football season the pac-12 players in particular were very adamant about very uh, a lot of different things with uh with the with the coronavirus with having a safe safe training facility stuff like that and it seemed like they were very outspoken as a result and a lot of other players as a result really became more of advocates for it and we see this a lot in pro sports where the athletes are really trying to be outspoken and fight for certain issues can you see that now with college football and even just college sports in general these players really having more power than they did before yes i see that we have like a lot more power now because now they're seeing that like it's not just like a business it's like a family now because like your play you gotta have the players your players have to trust you as a coach and you have to trust your players for them to go out there and play at their best. So now they're actually putting like a lot more trust into the players because now it's about the safety of the players now and not just winning. It's about the safety, about the, the players and the, and the people that are back home for them. Because Corona showed that like you could be here one day and then gone the next. You would never know. Mm. So now Corona has like changed the aspect of the, of the world and in a college level and on a national level. Because now it's like is safety. Like this is your life. You only get one. So you got to live it to the fullest and be able. And when you feel like you can't go, you got to be able to speak up because now they give it, they're giving you the chance to speak up and you shouldn't be, shouldn't be afraid to take advantage of that. Well, I, I agree with you. And I, I will say this, uh, just get ready because uh, you will eventually have to play in the snow and in the cold. So that's uh, that's gonna be a, a definitely a new thing for you. You're, you you come from California. We're actually getting we're actually getting four to eight inches, possibly twelve inches tomorrow of snow. So we've gotten I think I think it was like eighteen or nineteen inches so far this winter. So look what's going on in Texas now too. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it's it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. We've I've missed the snow over here in New York. But that's something that's uh, it's going to be def- different for you. And it's uh, probably more exciting and more fun to play in it than actually oh, driving yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I th- I'm, very, I'm very excited for you, Devin, man. I, I, I want you to succeed. I want you to achieve all your goals. And I want to celebrate with you when you get drafted by an NFL team because I think you're going to ver- not only achieve the goals that you want to do, I think that you can do anything you put your mind to. And you've proven that. Uh, you know, year in and year out, especially where you've been and where you're going. And, and look at your mom, man. Your mom went back to school and she got a master's degree at USC. I mean, anything is possible. Anything yeah. is possible. So, And this, you got to tune in this year. Watch, because we play LSU week two. <laughs> and I, I can't wait. Now that's a game I want to play in. At the Rose Bowl, now that's the team I want to play against. Well... You're going to get a chance to play against them, a national champion two years ago, uh, a team that uh, a team that's going to be stacked with players. As you know, they have a very good recruiting class, and uh, I love Chip Kelly. I know a lot of people don't like Chip because uh, of what he has done in the NFL. Even when he was over there in Oregon, I I, I like him as a person. I think that I, I've met him. I met him once years and years ago uh, before. 
before he became an NFL coach, and I met him at a, a junction, and uh, he seemed pretty nice to me. A lot of people didn't like his offensive game when he came into the NFL, but it it worked. It really did. It worked. Every you know, it, you could say whatever you want. It worked. He he his he had a winning career in the NFL. He wasn't a losing coach in yeah, the NFL. Yeah. He won one playoff appearance his first year. Then I think they went nine and seven the second year. Yeah. They, they the problem with them is they just fell. I think they collapsed in the second half of the season. Mm. Dallas made the playoffs over them, and yeah. someone else did. And then the third year, it's funny you brought up Bill Belichick before. He they destroyed the Patriots in New England. That mm-hmm. game was like 35 to 14 at one point. The Patriots mm-hmm. got garbage time points. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick, <laughs> when he got fired, when Chip Kelly got fired, he was really defending him. Like, he was one of the best coaches. Well, matter of fact, he was. He actually tried to bring Chip Kelly in as his offensive coordinator mm-hmm. uh, at the time. So uh, Chip's dangerous. Chip's a dangerous coach on offense. Oh, he yeah. Is. He loves the spread offense. He's the one who really changed college football offensively. He He opened up the game. He changed the game of offensive style of game. And that's why I think you're going to very much succeed. I think you're going to be a better player because of the style of offense and the practices and, and defending some of the wide receivers and the, and the strengths of, of his offense. I think it's going to make you a better player. I think it's going to make you a lot better player. Devin, you get to go a lot of pass, pass, passing in practice? Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. That's about to be fun because now I get to show my coverage skills. Mm-hmm. And I get to show my ball tracking skills and give me some picks in practice. Yeah. And it's gonna turn it's gonna turn heads and it's gonna make people realize the best the best corners in college football, the best corners in the NFL are the corners that don't get thrown to. Everybody knows that. If you know that the ball isn't coming your way, that coach has a tremendous amount of respect for you on the other side of the field. So you know that and you know that's happening. It just shows you the talent that you are on the field. So I, I think yeah. that you I think that's what you're gonna be. I, I'm looking forward to watching you. Uh, and by the way, remember our bet. Remember, four interceptions your rookie season or more. Three or what was it? Three it or was four. four. Four interceptions or more. I, whatever gonna, your first year as a starter was. I am yeah. going to send you, uh, what was it, six months? It was six it was months. Six months supply of, of, of gummy bears. Of gummy bears. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, you're about to see. I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my word. And I, I tell you, I was in Costco's the other day and they had these. These big bulky gummy bear, but and I was like, "This is what this is what I'm going to send Devin." You know what I mean? So yeah, stock up now. <laughs> you're going to be stocking up, man. You're going to be stocking up and swimming in gummy bears, man. But uh, I'm telling you, you're going to see. I know, man. When I get four, I'm just going to keep trying to climb. I'm going to cheat because I know because since I'm going to be a freshman, they're going to be like, "Let's test the waters against them." Just don't and forget gonna... us. Don't forget <laughs> us, man. Definitely don't forget us. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm working. I'm working on right now a very big thing on a big time uh, radio station out here in New York, one of the biggest radio stations in the country. And when I do, I would love to get you on as one of my first guests on my show. Trust me, I would love to. I would love to be on it. Absolutely. I I, I love you, man. I want you to. I want you to stay safe. Stay uh, stay clear from COVID. Uh, say hello to your family. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at 3Kirkwood. You can find me on Twitter at DevinKirkwood12. And another my other Twitter is KirkwoodNice. That's like my track one I used to do when I used to do track. Mm-hmm. But my basically, DevinKirkwood12 is my is my main one for football. Mm. So well, you better – you're Devin Kirkwood12. Kirkwood you're not following me on social media. I'm going to follow you tonight. You better follow me, man. I'm – I am I am I am not a Twitter guy, but I'm gonna start twitting tweeting. I've got 
I got almost 1,700 people that follow me. I don't know how I do. Because the last time I tweeted was like five months ago. Maybe he does follow you and he doesn't, and you don't realize that. No, he just doesn't know. Check your Twitter he probably me but doesn't know. He, yeah, because I remember the last, right after no, we No, he had follows the last... me with his, his, his track and field. I think oh, he does? Okay, because I know track, I know his yeah. Devin Kirkwood 12 followed me right after I followed him after our last Yeah, interview. I knew I followed you. I, I, I remember you followed me. So maybe he followed you and didn't check. I, maybe yeah. I didn't check. Maybe I didn't check. I'll look. I'll look. But I, I want you, I want you to stay safe, man. Say hello to the family. We're going to get you on when the season starts. And, and remember, four interceptions or more, and you're going to get that six-month supply of gummy bears. Okay, I got you. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, tell your mom I said hi, say goodbye, and uh, we will be in touch, my friend. Okay, thank you. And good. And by the way, congratulations yes. on all your achievements Absolutely. this year. Oh, thank you so much. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. really means a lot to me. Absolutely, man. Man, you and Ashford. You and Ashford on the New York Jets on both sides of the ball, man. I would love that. <laughs> That'd be dangerous. No, my, two corner, my two corners. Nope. Ashford on one side nope. and Devin on the other. Ashford's going to the Giants. We already went yeah, over this. Get out of here. He's a Giant fan. Ashford is a Giant fan. And I told him, what happens if the Jets trade you? He says, what did he say? He said he's going to pull an Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> He'll pull an Eli Manning, but I, I think I think if you're on the other side and you guys are playing together for the rest of your careers, that would be some dynamic defense. Let me tell you. You know, it'd be something too. I just thought of this: if if Devin is drafted by the Rams, an LA LA connection, and he plays with Jalen Ramsey. Oh God, that would be something too. Oh God, <laughs> that would be dangerous. <laughs> you that see how excited dangerous. he is. I mean, Dad, could you imagine him and Jalen Ramsey talking crap on both sides of the ball? Oh yeah. I mean, Oh my God! You too. I feel like that's like the dream scenario, Devin. <laughs> you too. I don't know. Crazy it will be dangerous. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, Devin! Thank you for joining us, bud. Thank you for letting me on. Thank absolutely, you for- absolutely. And we're gonna get you on again, man. Stay in touch with those shirts. Wait, yes, I'm sending <laughs> yeah. you. I am gonna make you a shirt. I just bought a cricket, so I'm making shirts. I am going to set up. I'm gonna get a Devin Dang. Kirkwood shirt, and I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to get your address. Oh, thank it you. To you going to see me? I'm going to post it on. I am. I'm going to send it to you. What are you, a large or an extra large? A large. All right. I'm going to send Got it to it. you. I'll tell you. I'm going to send it to you, man. What's your number? What's your number in college? Huh? What's going to be your number in college? Uh, I don't know right now. Well, you Hopefully, get it. it's going to be three or two. All but right. if I don't get three or two this year, I'm going to try and rock the 23, just like for my sophomore year mm-hmm. as a corner. Mm-hmm. And then... And then next year, my sophomore year, I'm going to really – I know what number I'm going to wear because Chip, me and Chip had talked about it. I'm going to rock that three. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see me back in the three if I can't wear it this year. Well, I, I, you won't have a number on the first shirt. But on the second shirt, I'll make sure that I, I get that for you. It says, it says Kirk Wogan on, on the back over the, over the, the number. So. Okay. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something together for you, and I'm going to get your address, and I'm going to mail it to you. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. You guys, too. Y'all both stay safe. Absolutely. Devin Kirkwood, ladies and gentlemen, the number one corner in the country. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Great kid. Oh, my God. Great kid. So much fun to have. Personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, just everything. I, I, I think every, when you try to sell, when you're trying to sell something to a nation, and, and, and really, when you look at college football and you look at the cornerback position, the corner position is one of the most important positions mm-hmm. in, in in the NFL. You, you look at the offensive line, the quarterback, the offense, the left tackle, and then the corner. 
That's it. And then a pass rusher. The corner is the third most important position in in all of sports, really, in all of football. Yeah. And and what he is as a person, his personality, his education, uh, his mother strides him to be the best at w- whatever he does. And he's a track and field star. I mean, everything about him, it, it just and it, his personality draws you. I I don't know if you're a if you're a fan, if you're a football fan, or you're a a player fan, and you look at Devin Kirkwood, how could you not be a fan of his? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing, too, like you mentioned the corner position being so important, and Devin is a prime example of this. Long corners are being a big new wave of the NFL, especially it really started with, with the Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, but Jalen Ramsey, there was a reason he was a great prospect, and Devin brings him up all the time. Browner. I mean, yeah. Browner. Remember yep. when Browner was a, a when dominant he was with Seattle, corner? Yeah. Uh-huh. When he was a dominant corner, mm-hmm. six foot four, six foot three, uh, big, strong. He's faster than any of those Yes, guys. and again, there's a, they're becoming the new wave of the NFL where because these receivers have gotten so quick, so fast right away, right off the line of scrimmage, the guys, whether it's physical zone or physical man coverage, bump and run, bump and run coverage, it's so important. And that's why we were talking about the, the, the prospects in this year's draft. That's why I say J.C. Horn is my favorite corner in this year's draft because mm-hmm. he has that length, too, and the speed to go with it. And again, a lot of these corner recruits or these corner prospects now that we're seeing in these drafts and recruits like Devin, they're long right away, and and that and he's he's going he's going to grow. You know he's he's six foot three. He's eighteen years old, and he's growing, and and, and he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get fat. Could you imagine yeah. a guy that can run almost a four three? I mean seriously, a corner that can run a four three. He's six foot three. And he has the length and the ability to do all those things that we talk about NFL corners that they, you need them to do. Uh, it, it's incredible. And I think the kid's going to be a star. I think his personality will sell to you fans, all the guys, all the people that are watching the shows and listen to the show through our stream. Uh, Devin is going to be a star. And, and I'm yeah. telling you right now, three, four years down the road, we're going to talk about Devin being a top 10 prospect coming out of the NFL draft. And I, I think he's going to achieve all his goals. He just got to keep his head in the books, keep his head into the game, and he's going to do everything he, he wants to. I could, I could tell you that right now uh, for, for his personality. So, um, And I'm, I'm a huge corner fan. I'm a Darrell Reeves fan. He's my favorite player growing up. Uh, and uh, if Devin is anywhere close to the type of player like Darrell, and Darrell wasn't big. Darrell's 5'10", 5'11", but he was mean, and he can run routes, and he can he, he, he always let people beat him so he can stick them in the routes. Uh, I think Devin has the speed, he has the ability, he has the agility to do that. Devin could be a, a hybrid type of corner that uh, you, when you look at corners now, like you're saying, Speedy, that are long and strong, and, 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 and that's, what, that's what these coaches are looking for. That's yeah. what these GMs are looking for now. Yeah. Just like the quarterback, it's become a mobile quarterback uh, league now. Guys like Devin that can get to the quarterback because of his speed, his ability, uh, with with all the the intangibles that he's ha- that he has, uh, it's an incredible. He's a, he's a he's a physical specimen, yeah. and um, it's 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 pretty amazing. And and it, one of my favorite prospects I've interviewed. Yeah, we I think when we interviewed him the first time too, he was mentioning how he was playing receiver. He played safety at times, mm-hmm. and again the versatility. We ask him the question. Uh, a lot of different positions all the time. It's becoming a big key in today's game, but definitely with the kind of versatility at defensive back is very important, especially with the length that he has, the ability to play in the slot outside and in a whole tournament, yeah. hold nobody to any catches, not even a hitch pass, not even a screen pass. It's that crazy. is pretty impressive. It is. A cr- it's impressive because I said it to Devin. I'll say it again. Any coach that doesn't want to throw on your side of the field tells you how good you are as a player. 
it, strikes fear. It, it strikes fear against anybody that plays against him. So uh, it's it, when you look at who he is as a person, how could it not sell you on what he can achieve in, in the game of football? And that's what I want to see. I want to see all these recruits become successful because – to me, they're the next product of the NFL. Yeah. Those are the guys that you're going to look – these young kids are going to look up to. And uh, me being 38 years old, Speedy, you being 26, uh, and, and we're a little bit older. I, I'm a lot older than Devin, and I was an athlete too. And, and there were mistakes that I made in my time of playing sports that maybe if I didn't make those mistakes or I didn't become an egotistical idiot – when I was, uh, when I could have gotten back on the ice and do the things that I could be retiring as a, a, a future Hall of Famer in the NHL, you know. But I made my mistakes, and that's why I tell all these athletes that we interview, these young athletes, to go for yours. Don't worry about the objective, except the objective to go get your college education and and go play football and play it at your best or best of your ability. And when you do that, and you show people that you're a great player, people will see it. They'll know it, and, and they'll they'll respect you. So nothing but my respect for the kid. I think the kid's going to be a star uh, everywhere, anywhere he goes. Yeah. UCLA, USC, Wisconsin, Florida State, no matter where he, where he goes, he's going to be a star because of his personality and is eager to learn and be the best yeah. that he can be on the field. Definitely. So uh, Devin Kirkwood, the number one corner prospect in the nation, 2021. You will see him on the field next year for UCLA, and you'll see him shutting down the best wide receivers in the Pac-12, right? Pac-12 and and LSU, like you mentioned this year. Well, yeah. this is the second game of the season. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big test right away. No, it'll be he's an easy got test it. For he's him. got this. Devin. Test Devin's got this. It, it, it'll be an easy test for him because I think he wants to play the best. And if you want to be compared to the best and be the best, you got to play the best. And LSU is one of the best in the nation. Mm-hmm. So. You shut down their wide receivers, you can shut down anybody. And, and, and people will see it, trust me. It'll probably be on, it'll probably be on TV, it'll probably be on ESPN, because LSU is usually on, on one of those uh, big channels. So you'll yeah. get the chance to see Devin, and, 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 sh- and Devin will show and floss what he is as a player and let him flash his gummy bears all over when he shuts down the wide receivers of LSU. So um, before we go, I, I, I do want to say this. Anybody... That is not watching the New York Knicks. I, I, I don't know what you guys aren't watching. And and by the way, I watched uh, the hit list today, and uh, one of the guys on the show said that the Knicks are garbage. Okay? The Knicks are garbage. This team, and I'm going to say this again, and I, I'll say it over and over again. This team was the 31st ranked defense in the NBA last year. They are ranked number one in every category of defense this year. For anybody to say that the Knicks are garbage, they're not watching it. And Julius Randle, say whatever you want as a player. And the, and the Knicks have him on the cheap. They're paying him $18 million a year. And they have, they have control of him for another year. You're, you're watching this kid turn into a superstar right in front of our eyes. He is, he is becoming a superstar. He's averaging 24, 10, and 6. He is one of the best big men. He's one of the best power forwards in the NBA right now. It's pretty impressive when he has better numbers than Anthony Davis. Yes, the great Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, everybody talks about an MVP candidate every year. Julius Randle is doing more on the court than Anthony Davis. He's playing as well as any power forward right now in the NBA. And that says a lot for a 26-year-old kid that was not what he was, uh, what, what he is now, than he was last year. Yeah. Uh, okay, so 
it, it's it's an incredible thing. Uh, Payne, you have to give Payne a lot of a lot of credit for for what he is doing with uh, with the New York Knicks as an assistant coach, uh, a coach from Kentucky. Uh, you're seeing some of the development. Even Kevin Knox has looked better this year. Um, look at Emmanuel Quigley. I mean, Emmanuel Quigley is going to be a star in this league. And say whatever you want about what this team is. We don't know what this team is going to be because this team is not finished yet. They don't have the finishing product. But what this team could be and what this team could be in the future could be an NBA competitive championship team. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a year from now, two years, or three years from now. But if you you have the right coach, you have the right GM, and you have the right people, the executives around this team to build this team, Anything is possible, especially with the draft stock that they have. I want to go back to the hit list because I, I want to say one of their guys, I don't know if he was on this show in the particular. Um, one, of the, one of their guys is a Pacers fan. I know that. Mm. And the Knicks are only half a game back of the Pacers, who were supposed to be a good team this year. Mm. The Knicks were supposed to be a – they were supposed to be better than we were last year, but right. they weren't supposed to be a playoff team. The Knicks are half a game back of the Pacers. I know Carl's a Celtics fan. They're – I think a game and a half back of the Celtics because they won yesterday against the Nuggets. So I think they're now a game and a half back of the Celtics. So and I'm not a Julius Randle fan, by the way, guys. I don't know who is taking the shots at, at the at the Knicks and what fan base you root for, but mm-hmm. um, they're not far behind some of the teams you're rooting for. And even if even if there are Nets, they're fans, a game and a half they're... behind being the fourth seed team in right. the NBA in Eastern Conference. Yeah, and even and even if there are Nets fans on that show too, which I'm sure being New York, there's still there. There probably is somebody there too. They're only four games back or five games back of that big three. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. Tom Thibodeau, defense, defense wins championships, and what that's what he's teaching these these kids. And if these kids continue doing what they're doing on the court, they're going to make the NBA playoffs and they're going to make noise in the NBA playoffs. Watch out for the Knicks. I'm telling you right now, nobody wants to play a full course press team. That remember. The game becomes a half-court game in the NBA playoffs. And when you have a dominant defense that can play the perimeter defensively the way the Knicks could play, you could be in every single game. You know what that means? That means you could beat anybody in the Eastern Conference. I just want them to play the Nets so just they can rattle one of them. <laughs> Whether it's Harden they or Kyrie. The Whether it's Harden or Kyrie, I just want to rattle one of them. <laughs> they could beat the Nets. They really could. I mean, their defense could beat the Nets. I, I don't know. All around, if they have the tools to beat them with the talent, the talent yeah, they, they, they need more scoring for for to have them and actually win. I just want them to be pesky on them just to see it. <laughs> just want to see some kind of like bad blood rivalry type thing, even if they don't win, even if they lose in five games. I want, I just want them to rattle one of them. <laughs> Carl says, I would say you have a shelf life of four years with Thibs as a coach, whether it's fair or not. His track record says four years before players get frustrated. Here's what I'm going to say about Thibodeau. Thibodeau has always wanted this job. He's always wanted this job. And he wants to bring a championship home to the Knicks. And I'm telling you right now, if there's anybody right now, any coach that I wanted to take over this job, a guy that wanted this job for years, and he was turned down three times before he got it, and he still interviewed for the position. To me, that's the guy I want. That's the guy I want to lead my team to battle. So, I, I'm excited for the uh, the growth of some of these young players and where the Knicks are going to be in the near future. Carl, by the way, I, you say you hate the Celtics. I wasn't referring to you. I was, talk, I was talking about the sports hit list, mm-hmm. Carl. Carl, yes. At our network. Carl uh, Collage. Collage, who uh, is a huge, huge, huge Boston Celtic Celtics fan. Celtics yes. fan yep. and, he, and they better make that move for Andre Drummond. They, if they want to win a championship this year, they want to compete with the Nets 
or uh, the Milwaukee Bucks or the right. 76ers, you need a big man. So you need to go after Andre Drummond and do everything you can to make that move. Especially the Bucks. They're thorn in the Celtics' side all the time. By the way, the New York Islanders are a point and a half. I say point and a half because they're – Really, one point out of first place. Three points. Three well, points out. Oh, they won yesterday? Yeah, they won. Oh, they well, the Bruins won yesterday. Uh, yeah, the Bru- I think the Bruins got a point yesterday, or they won. I forget. They won yesterday. They have 22 points. The Islanders they won yesterday Because if, if the Bruins didn't win yesterday, the, the, the Islanders would have been a point out. Okay. So All right, yeah. the Bruins won yesterday. Right, so, so they're three points. Yeah, it's 22-19 right now. And then they have a point lead on the next team in, the, in that division, which is the Flyers. We will see. We will see, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back uh, next week uh, for Down to the Wire and Below the Mic. Uh, the Weekend Crunch. Guys, we're on the FM dial here in Long Island. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, the LI News Radio. Uh, you go to the app on iHeartRadio. You can listen to us at 7 p.m. on Saturday nights on the FM dial. Very excited. By the way, I got you, Speedy. I don't jump on bandwagons. I am a Bulls fan, so been suffering for quite a while. Well, guess what? The Bulls won six titles in the 90s, so I don't know how much you have. I'm a Knicks fan. I've been suffering for 50 years, and I wasn't even alive when they won a championship. So please, uh, b- uh, cry me a river, all right? The years that the Knicks could have won a championship, they lost to games like Charles Smith not hitting up a layup against the Houston Rockets. Even their best player couldn't uh, did a finger roll. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Tebow to the Mets. <laughs> Tebow in the Mets. Yeah, he's on the spring training roster oh, again. Well. <laughs> Happy baseball season, by the way. Uh, happy baseball season a week away. I'm very excited. Well, pitchers it. and catchers just got sent down today, so yeah. that's the official start. All right. That's it for our show. We will be back next week. Thank you to Devin Kirkwood, the number one corner prospect, UCLA Bruin, for joining us. Very excited to seeing this kid play and, and really developing into a superstar player. Uh, all the fans that tune into our shows every single week, uh, all the shows that we're on this uh, uh, today and throughout the week, we're really excited for the growth of our network uh, and, and, and where we're going. So uh, it's going to be fun, uh, fun and, and, and definitely pushing forward. Uh, that's it. Speedy, you have anything to say before we go? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun with Devin today. Great, great kid, great interview, great personality, and uh, looking forward to having him on again with those shirts for sure. Yes, I'm going to get the shirts made. Yeah, that's a really, really cool idea. And again, always a pleasure having him on the show. Devin Dang Kirkwood. No more Gummy Bear, no King Gummy Bear. We got to call him Dang because that's him, man. Every, every single sentence was Dang, Dang, mm-hmm. Dang. I love it. I love it. That's that shows the personality and the drive of who he is. And, so, and he's gonna make he's gonna make receivers that he faces say in, dang, say dang when he when he's facing De- when they're facing Devin, Devin Dang Kirkwood. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's it for our show. We will be back next week. Until then, this is Errol Marks and the great Tidy Whitey Man himself, Speedy Petey, saying good night. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.